Love, hate, dreams, life, work, play, friendship, sex, podcasts. Wow, there you go. That is the tagline mm-hmm. for the movie Vanilla Sky. The official, Great tagline. The official tagline is love, hate, dreams, life, work, play, friendship, sex with no spaces. Are there, were there, little, were there not periods between them? Absolutely no. No. Okay. not. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Griffin Newman. I am David Sims. This is the podcast called Blank Check with Griffin and David. Uh, colon. We pod a cast. Okay, said in that voice. I don't know who that guy time. is. I'm going through a psychological freefall. Mm. Uh, we're the two friends, hashtag the two friends, um, until uh, Barack Obama uh, relents to our campaign to have him join as the third pal. Yeah, yeah, but he would be the third pal. He'd be the third pal. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and this is a, a, a podcast where we talk about uh, filmmakers who have success, Early on, and are given some number of blank checks in Hollywood to keep on making movies their way. True. And uh, what happens? Uh, very often they uh, spiral out. This is a, a sort of a fulcrum movie for the filmmaker we're currently talking about, who is Cameron Crowe. Yes. And uh, this, the movie we're discussing today uh, is Vanilla Sky. Vanilla Sky. Vanilla Sky. Uh, the 2001, 2001 picture. Yes. So, it, just to put you in a headspace, we're in a post Trek landscape. Shrek has come and changed the game. Oh, but also, you should introduce our guest. Oh, yeah. I just thought the Shrek, it, okay. it was important to set <laughs> the table like, wait, with the Shrek. We're talking about thing. Shrek before we talk about our guest? We have a very special guest I keep here pointing today. to him. He's a returning guest. Yes. One of the few we've had on this show. Yes. Uh, his last appearance on the show, a blockbuster. It's a great one. Was the Vanilla Sky of podcast episodes. It was huge. Uh, but much anticipated. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you may know him from uh, Vanity Fair, from uh, Little Gold Man, the podcast, uh, and from his appearance on the Lady in the Water episode of uh, Pod Night Shamacast. In ascending order. Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Lawson. Hey, guys. He's here. Thanks for having me again. Um, I sort of begged, I think, both of you to be on this particular well, at first I wanted to do zoo. I was going to say, then initially, I was like, you, know what? you were I, a zoo man. You I want have, to buy a zoo. But I wanted to buy a zoo, but then yeah. I bought one, realized it's a shitty investment. <laughs> and now- um, And that Scarlett Johansson yeah. doesn't love you. No, no, yeah. and never will. Yeah. Um, and now I'm doing this one because I, I have a lot more of a personal connection to this movie. Interesting. <gasps> yeah. Twist. So last time I did the funny, jokey Lady in the Water one. Which I'll say was genuinely one of my favorite episodes episode. we've ever done. I it's just fun. listened to it again, and I was telling Richard, yeah. uh, we compared Tova Felcher to the Lorax. And Which it's was great. such a good bit. It, I mean, it's I, right I, out of nowhere. I really think you know, if if we were Emmy eligible, <laughs> I think David That'd and be I, the tape. we would we would have submitted you as best guest actor in a podcast. Do you know what I'm saying? Like a kind of um, like a, like a Holland Taylor level, sort of just like yeah, yeah, exactly. In and out, does a good job, leaves, but right, like yeah. immediately, like jumps in, fits into the tapestry of the show, mm-hmm. brings something new, but doesn't feel like an outside element. And then is is gone, you know. But we had to, we had to bring you back, much like Holland well, Taylor. We well, had to thanks. bring you back. I'm happy to be here. Uh, next week, by the way, our, our guest on the show will be Holland Taylor. Oh, that'd so be great for that. Yeah, Holland Taylor's gonna to buy, gonna go to Elizabethtown with us. She could take a trip. You can have yeah. Sarah Paulson sitting in the green room, just just waiting, just just uh, picking yeah. at her cuticles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, by the way, I heard that Sarah Paulson's next girlfriend is going to be Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's moving on up in uh, those years. The bluer the blood, the more she 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 wants to. Lois hang out Smith with them. just good. Just <laughs> you just broke Lois Smith's heart. Lois Smith, great in the nice guys, and I just saw her in something else. She's always playing blind people. Plays a blind person in the nice guys. Uh, she, you know, vision impaired. Vision impaired. Um, who did she just play a blind? It doesn't matter. Carry on. Mr. Magoo, she's in that Magoo reboot, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Magoo, Magoo 3D. Magoo I point out? I don't know. Um, ladies and gentlemen, there's, there's one other person we have to introduce before we get into a very serious discussion of the motion picture Vanilla Sky, directed mm-hmm. by Cameron Crowe, starring... I prefer Vanilla Sky. I'm sorry, Vanilla Sky. <laughs> I'm going to stick to that. Yeah. Uh, the person we have to deuce, introduce, of course... Yep, we have to deuce him. We could even say produce him, is uh, Ben Haslam. Hey everyone! Another episode of Blank Check. Are you doing okay? <laughs> wow! Said with mortal dread. Yeah, that was Ben. That, this is a lucid dream. That Don't was, worry. That was yeah. dire, Ben. <laughs> well, I had to Another wake up this morning. Blank Check and watch this movie. Wait, Vanilla Sky. Yeah, what's the name of the movie, Ben? Vanilla Sky. <laughs> Now, some of I you, love a vanilla wafer. I don't know about you guys. Some of you might be confused. Ben going, Ben, this guy, is he usually a part of the podcast? He is. You might know him by different names. Producer Ben, producer Ben, the Ben Deucer, the Poet Laureate, the Haas, Mr. Positive, Birthday wow. Benny. He's very pro. The tiebreaker, the fuck master. He's not Professor Crispy. He nope. is the peeper. Yep. He is the Poet Laureate. Sure. Unofficially, he is our, our greatest film critic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he has graduated to different titles throughout different miniseries. Yeah. Uh, producer Ben Kenobi, Kylo Ben, uh, Ben Sait. And I went out of order. Sure. And Ben Night Shyamalan. Good job. Thank you. Got great. Wasn't that great, Richard? Yeah. He just did it quickly. I was thinking Cam Ben Crow. Cam <laughs> Ben Crow. <laughs> and we've got a suggestion. And as always, as always, you know, the listener has to remember to tell Ben that he had the Metalo Fennel. Oh. Oh, man. Oh, boy. He had them. A new twist on it. At Hello Fennel. Oh, God. That came from a listener. I forget who. I'm sorry if I'm not giving you credit. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cam Ben Crow. Cam Ben Crow. Okay. So the year is 2001. Okay. This movie comes out like 12 months after Almost Famous. Yeah. Uh, it was Almost Famous Winter release as well? I believe Almost yeah. Famous was October, yeah, and this so film this comes out December. December 14th, 2001. Right. Yep. So we're talking 14 months later. Now, this is interesting because, uh, you know, uh, Almost Famous was uh, DreamWorks, still sort of in the first couple of years, mm. giving him a really big blank check coming off of Jerry Maguire, how big that was, right? Absolutely. Some years later, he comes back with his comeback, and he's given, I believe that film cost- Wait, he came back with a comeback? Yeah. Great. Just checking. Uh, I believe that film cost $70 million. Uh, yeah, definitely. In, in it was 2000. Super expensive. Didn't make a lot of money. Made, made 30. 30 domestic. Yeah. Uh, won him the Oscar. Yes. So it sort of balanced out the thing, right? Yeah, but even while he's winning that Oscar, he's filming Vanilla Sky. Now, that's what's interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. Because this isn't, this could sort of be a blank check movie. Because the two things that usually give someone a blank check are an Oscar or massive financial success. Sure. And if you get both, then you're in the money, right? And You've been ca- shown the money. Right. And he came off of like one movie that was a big Oscar contender and then, you know, made a tremendous amount of uh, moolah and then made another film. That got a ton of nominations, got him one, didn't do that well, but was beloved. But at this point, yeah. he is a brand, right? Sure. But he's cashing in a check before he's even received it to a degree. And the lore I've heard is he and Tom Cruise are apparently very good friends still to this day. Good for them. Uh, great for them, I would say. Yep. Uh, smoke them if you got them. <laughs> uh, well, 
I've I've heard things about the Avengers, <laughs> so leave it there. Uh, and they they'll watch movies together a lot. And he's so, got one, and he smokes them. <laughs> <laughs> and Cruz brought him. You're saying Cruz brought him. Open your eyes. Brought him Abre Los Ojos. What I heard is Cruz saying, is, "I optioned this fucker." Not even what That's I what heard. I, what is, I heard oh, is okay. that. But okay. What, go what ahead. I heard is that um, Cruz is sort of this omnivore. He's constantly watching movies because he wants to like discover new directors, right? Sure. And so I think they were watching something together, and they watched it. and They really liked it. I don't know. I guess if you heard he had uh, yes. optioned it by that point, I've okay. got the story for you here. He yeah. optioned the film instantly yeah. when it came out in America. Abre Los Ojos. It was at Sundance. Uh, yes, it mm-hmm. was an Alejandro Aminabar movie, and that guy. Yeah, where did he go? Uh, he n- no, he made a Greek epic with Rachel Weisz a few oh, years right. ago that nobody Still? saw. Ag- Agora, 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 think, right? Yeah. yeah, he made the others, right? And he made the sea inside. The others, inside. which is one of the best movies of the, you know, of yeah, its, of its decade. Of it, maybe. I mean, of, yeah. of pretty much the same time as Vanilla yeah. Sky's coming out. He's, Great. you know, yeah. and also was a massive financial success. Huge hit, huge, huge. especially considering big for about, Nicole Kidman, which is an interesting. That was Nicole's like. It was a career revival. I mean, yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, to put this, put to put both those movies in because that's two thousand one too. Uh, two, the others, that's right? two thousand because that comes the out the same year as Moulin Rouge. Oh, okay. Moulin because Rouge then she wins the following year for the album. Moulin Rouge came oh, out. Oh, you're right. It is two thousand one. Yeah. Yes, right. Two thousand one is the others and Moulin Rouge, and then two thousand two she wins for the album. So yeah, she got double globe noms that year. Tom Cruise yeah. and, comedy, and yeah. Nicole Kidman filed for divorce, I believe, in February two thousand one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then Nicole and Kidman. And there's the famous shot of her rejoicing. Sing with the papers and her right, arms right. in the air. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. thought you were going to say of her holding the boombox. You were doing the yeah. Boom she was box holding pose. the boombox up yeah. to uh, Ioni's yeah, guy's house. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then so the others does very well that summer. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, perfect time to release a movie that's set basically at night in right. <laughs> a yeah. dusty yeah. old house. Yeah. But, but Moulin Rouge was May, and the others was like August. She had this big summer. Right. Yeah. Right. And then um, 9-11 happened. And then Vanilla Sky came out three months later. Yeah, and this movie, I remember really, really, it's one of those movies where you almost think, like, maybe I'll watch this and I'll think it's so much better because it was released in the shadow of 9-11. And it's such a weird, you know, self-centered movie. Yeah. That it's almost like, were people even into this? Like, you know, right. could people even really handle we're this? Like, it, oh, I'm a moves, newspaper yeah. magnate. I have a facial scar. Eh, what was me? You know, like, everyone's yeah. just like, oh, come on. Yeah, and like, and oh, like, she shot. swallowed my cum. <laughs> Sorry. I. I Love this movie. Something no one was doing after nine. Yeah, no, no, we couldn't. We couldn't. It was too soon. Uh, the um, others came out August two thousand one. Exactly. Uh, so I thought, oh, I'll rewatch this film and and think, oh, maybe you know. But no, I didn't. No, it's not that good. You you like it? Uh, I like it quite a bit. That's crazy. Uh, I'll, I'll sort of state my case for it as we go through this episode. Yeah, we'll go but through. it is it is definitely a movie where you go like, was this a victim of circumstances? Yeah. Because it came out, it did super well. Was yeah, it a did huge pretty well. Um, it's uh, Cameron Crowe's second. Biggest film behind uh, Jerry Maguire. Sure. By like a good distance. It's the yeah. second highest grossing film. Um, and it was not very critically well received. The public didn't like it very much. No. And no. it got like sort of no Oscar play other than the Paul McCartney song. And it was a, let's, I mean, it was a big Oscar play, right? I mean, it came out in oh, December. They thought you know, it was like, a big Oscar. Yeah, they certainly yeah. thought. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what else are you going to do with a big romantic drama, right? Like, Because this was in the period where Tom Cruise was trying to get that Oscar because he had done yes. Magnolia and now this mm-hmm. and like, you know. Yeah. And then the collateral a couple years later. Uh, Minority Report. Minority Report. Last Samurai. Sake! Oh, Last Samurai. That was a big Oscar That's, play yeah. that didn't yeah. work. It was. Um, it was. But, uh, yeah, there, there's that whole element. I remember even, like, it was top secret. The uh, advertising was very vague. I mean, obviously, it was a remake of a film that people 
had could, seen, could see so they if knew they where it was going, but it. they were very vague in how they're presenting the movie. And the poster was, it was from this time when all you needed for a poster was just a close-up of Tom Cruise's face. Right. All you need to advertise the movie was Tom Cruise's name, his face taking up the entire dimensions of the poster, and a color palette. You know? Yep. That was it. Yep. Just a tone. And the poster told you nothing else, and it made $100 million. And I remember saying at the time, like, well, that's proof of Tom Cruise's power, mm-hmm. is that this movie was not well-liked. It was by all, like, judged by most people, even the people who liked it to be very self-indulgent, kind of a vanity project for both men. Yeah, it had the smell of vanity project all over it, this w- one. Yeah, I mean, it did then, but it even, it more does now. It more does In, now. in the context of Cruise and, and what was going on in his life and what was about to start happening yeah. with his life. If you believe kind of like going clear about why he broke up with Nicole, mm-hmm. and, yes. you know, um, and then she won her Oscar the next year. Yes. She got what he so wanted. And it's true. Let's remember that. Uh, she slapped on that nose. <laughs> yep. Let's remember that a lot of the uh, sort of promotional campaign and the buzz for this movie was centered around Cruz and Cruz, who sure. at the time of the release of this film were, quote, dating, <sighs> end quote. <laughs> we are throwing love. <laughs> All right, I'm going to not do the Penelope Cruz voice. Please do the Penelope Cruz. Oh, Tom Cruise. <laughs> okay. Um, but that was the big thing that they were like, oh Cruise and Cruise. He fell in love with this beautiful foreign temptress mm-hmm. on the set of his new movie. Mm-hmm. Watch the sparks fly. You'll watch them fall in love on yeah, camera. Yeah, yeah, they're going to really. Yeah. And now, look, we're making a lot of jokes at Tom Cruise's expense already, and that is well-deserved. But we should note that in Jerry Maguire, he has great chemistry with Nasal. Like he Kills can it. have chemistry with women. He, uh, on oh, screen. for sure, he can for sure. And yeah, yeah. it is he, it, the the lack of chemistry between him and Penelope Cruz in this movie is so powerful. It's like there's a third character like keeping them apart. Well, can I throw out a theory? It's crazy. Can I throw and out a with Cameron Diaz, in my opinion? But go ahead. Um, he can, of course he can have chemistry with a woman because he's a very good actor. Right? Yes. <laughs> he is skilled at acting out scenarios that are not connected to how he actually We're feels in the present it. moment. Where I'm speaking in vague terms here, right? Yeah. But I think the key to that is having the relationship be developed from an acting standpoint. To have like right. real meat to it, sure. to both characters, to have an actor who's going to like, you know, volley back the ball uh, to him. Emily Blunt in uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Exactly. 100%. <sighs> I think this movie, movie is. is sort of like. You know, Penelope Cruz, who became an amazing actress, right, was an incredible actress in her own language, then for about 10 years didn't really work in American films because she didn't have the right sort of facility. Not to, five, five-ish years, yeah. And then uh, has now become an amazing bilingual actress, Oh, she right? had, but yeah. like, so just before this, mm-hmm. she had, obviously she'd been in movies like, you know, Live Flesh and, and All About My Mother and and Abre Los Ojos. Did Captain Spanish Crowley's films. mandolin come out no. before or after yeah, this? Bef- no, no. She had done Woman on Top, which was her her breakout. Try to... <laughs> no, but that was that made a big spot when it came out. Here, people were like, "Here's the next big star." It wasn't like a huge movie, but I remember critics being like, "We're going to put her in a more American movie." It was it was a huge flop that was thrust on audiences. But yes, it had that vibe of like. Here's like a bear, a big engine. It was an yeah. introduction movie. Yeah. Um, and then all the pretty horses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, Captain uh, the Corelli. Billi- and then Captain Corelli's Mandolin and Blow so, came out in 2001. So Captain Corelli and this all the is, this is her third 2001 movie after Blow and Captain Corelli's Mandolin, which like Blow was kind of a semi bomb, but also it was like a 
drug dealer movie. People it thought was it was cool. Yeah, like, it's yeah, 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 her brand. Kinda, yeah. No, it made like fifty million bucks. Captain Corelli yeah. was a train wreck. It was and, a disaster. All the Pretty Horses was like, and that that had been the year before, but right. that was like that was one of those things where it was like yeah. supposed to be an Oscar movie, and then well, Harvey cut it. He had a four right. hour cut, and they released it an hour and a half, and they imagine changed the, the four hour cut of that movie. I don't. Well, apparently it's good. I've heard it's really good. Damon says it's good. Captain Corelli also was was John Madden's follow up to Shakespeare in Love, yes. I believe. Which, yes. So that had yeah. like a big stamp. She's on in it. two movies with on... guys coming right off of one, yeah. having won their Oscars. But I mean, and and she's in two movies. John Madden. She... Did I say Guy Madden? No, you said John yeah. Madden. Okay. Yeah. What if Guy yeah. Madden? Wait, that <laughs> is a ball player guy. Guy. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. That is crazy that she does like the Crow after like Maguire slash Almost Famous. She does the Madden after Shakespeare in Love. Sure. She does the Thornton after Sling Blade. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's the Naomi Watts. Uh, yeah, uh, right. Plan. Where they're like, yeah. but you're, we just gotta get you in stuff. Yeah, Don't yeah. worry, we've got all this stuff going. I mean, Captain Carly's mandolin is a good, it's analog to Vanilla Sky, where it's like she has no chemistry with us with the star. Yeah, and, and the like star is kind it, of a crazy. Yeah, the person. star is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, and it sinks the movie. Now at least Tom Cruise is ostensibly well cast in Vanilla Sky as yeah. like a hot shot handsome pants yeah. whereas yeah. Nick, Nicolas Cage was playing an Italian like Christ figure yeah. <laughs> well see, here's the thing so like movie. in Jerry Maguire those career arcs were both a bella of bambina <laughs> two o'clock uh, I, I just did a better Italian accent uh, the other thing is he is Italian. That's what's so crazy well, about how bad he is in that film. The other thing is Penelope Cruz is Spanish and she's playing a Greek island yeah, woman. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Um, <laughs> island woman. <laughs> it's set on a Greek island. Offensive. Uh, please write in a campaign to your local senator to have David <laughs> penalized for that comment. Um, the, uh, the, thing, the thing with Jerry Maguire is those two characters are so well written yeah. and their relationship is so unconventional in how it plays out. It, as opposed to how most romantic dramedies play out, right? Sure, very that it's like they get married and then fall in love and all that sort of stuff. That right. there's like meat to play in every scene that isn't just act like you have the most chemistry in the world. <laughs> Whereas Vanilla Sky, every scene just going, act, just makes sparks fucking pop yeah, off the screen. it really mm-hmm. wants it to be like a meet cute thing where it's like instantly he's just like, who's this? But they're just sort of talking and bombos and it's all close ups. Yeah, and it like, works so hard to do it. And I so really hard. feel like... I don't know what between Almost Famous, which is sort of like on the cusp of that preciousness, you know, but doesn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I like that movie a lot. Um, but then it tips over into this and he mm-hmm. never got he never gets out of it again. I think Almost Famous. I mean, Almost Famous is we should, you know, it's a definite bridge because, yes, it is more precious than Jerry Maguire. And it's more uh, it's like le- it's less realistic. Right. Yes. Like that yeah, is that 100%. is a, a storybook type movie. It's a nostalgic Whether or not movie. You like it's like it. a memory play. People yeah, don't talk heightened. like normal people in it. They no. say very grand things a lot or yeah. like, you know, but that's serious grand things, stuff. Poetic things. Yes. Had grounding because it was his life. It's his life Whereas, and it's memories yeah. and it's nice. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. just like a marketing team being like, okay, write something that makes it seem like Penelope Cruz is the most appealing woman in the world. Except don't write a character. But I do think, okay. So, well, she has no character. But like, yeah. at all. No. She, you don't know a thing about her. She's no. like a horrible manic pixie dream girl kind of type. Before Elizabethtown. Yeah. Now, she plays a similar role. I've seen Abre. Have either of you seen Abre Los Ojos? I have yeah. not. I, she plays a similar role. She's extremely charming in it, and it yeah. totally works. So, I, you know, it's not like, and it's not like there's a lot more to the character there. And can I, can I throw It is set in Spain, though. She's she, yeah. just like, yes. everyone in Spain's like that. Yeah. <laughs> and and right. here's, here's she the other thing. She won an Oscar for the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. She did, yeah. yes. The other thing just is. put a floppy hat on her. That's all you need to do. Uh foreign actors, you know, learning to uh, act in English. Yeah, sure. She's still pretty new to English. they're still learning that language, 
it doesn't just come down to like, oh, the accent is heavy. You can't understand what they're saying. They don't know the words as well, whatever it is. I think the bigger element with foreign actors before they get comfortable and fluent with English in American films is that even if you're saying the right thing the right way, you're so freaked out about it. Yeah. That like, especially if you want to be like a movie star, Mm -hmm. the key to that is having a certain sort of ease and relaxedness on screen, especially a film like this that's all about personality. And you watch it, and the whole time you're kind of nervous for her. Because you're like, you can tell how much she's struggling. We're also nervous because Tom Cruise won't stop fucking staring at her. It's all these, like, looks. Leave her alone, Tom. And then she's got these weird Cameron Crowe lines, and you know that she doesn't have, like, complete facility with the words she's saying. I mean, like, imagine trying to learn Cameron Crowe dialogue phonetically. Right. Like, like, that's that's really hard to do. Right. Like, she's fine in this movie, but it's just such a struggle for her. Like, you feel bad watching her. I think she has some of the most powerful moments in the movies just because she's such an effective screen presence I no think matter so too. what. Yeah. But, yes. like, as a character and as she functions in the rest of the movie, it's, like, kind of a disaster. She has, like, silent physical moments in this film that, that are incredible. Really, really she's good. Remarkable. But we'll get yeah. to it, but when she walks into the moral service of the, toward the very is amazing. It's yes. yes. such yeah. a beautiful she's, yeah. she's amazing yeah. with that. But, when she has to talk, you see her getting a little in her head. But yeah. let's get back to Richard's story time, because I liked that. Yeah. Like, the, the, the story of 2001, which yeah. starts with, yeah, Cruz and Kim and break up, and it was shocking. Yeah. Kind of, right? Was, yeah, well, time. because they'd been together for, like, a decade at that point yeah, almost. Yeah, 10 years, and, practically, because uh, Days of Thunder is 89, you know, and they married pretty soon after right, that. Right, like, Far yeah. and Away was, like, 91. 91 or 92, yeah. Um, this is coming pretty shortly after the movie they made about their sex life. Sure. Stanley Kubrick. Well, right, exactly. Yeah, they've so gone they're... through the ringer with old Stanley. This yeah. very intense kind of husband and wife thing to do. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's all these rumors like, oh, they didn't have any chemistry on screen. Like, that right. had been floating around. Right. So I don't I don't remember if it was like that much of a surprise. It, maybe it felt more inevitable than some other celebrity, big celebrity breakups. But like, he was such a big star at that point. Mm-hmm. Such a big star. And she was kind of on her way. Like, that would, you know, she was about to be on her way after like a long time of kind of, ha- you know, yep. yeah. half getting there and then and kind of false but, uh, starts. Yeah, I would say after 2001, after the others and Moulin Rouge, that's, she just she's went there. A list yeah. for a while. And she yeah. becomes $20 million. She becomes a regular Oscar player. I mean, and that's she, how her movies are viewed. Now. And she yeah. got to show that she has really cool, weird taste too. Like, right. she just became right. one of the more interesting movie stars out there, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, not always successful, but. No, for. Um, but Tom Cruise, like, you know, he was Burr. like, oh, fur, oh, um, or birth, birth. I love birth. Oh, great all movie. the one word, uh, fur is kind of like, yeah. you mm-hmm. wish fur was birth. you like, you wish fur <laughs> had a little more birth in it, you know? Sure. Yeah. I wish my birth yeah. had a little more fur in it. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I honestly don't know what you're saying. I can't, I can't even begin to imagine. Anyway. Um, I don't know. I just think it comes at an interesting time. It does. But I'm curious when when you guys first saw this because I know I have a very specific kind of time and place memory you have a of seeing tale. this movie. Right. Because I had just started college. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a freshman at a school I really didn't want to go to because I was the artsy kid who like smoked cigarettes and like mm-hmm. went, was in therapy. And I went to a very kind of preppy kind of um a Catholic a, a school. Catholic, yes. Abercrombie kind of school. Right. And so a bunch of us, like a week before we got out for Christmas break, our mm-hmm. first ever, um, went to go see this movie at the theater closest to the campus. And everyone I went with was like, that was so stupid. I hated that. It was boring. What was about, that about? And to kind of be the contrarian to distinguish myself, right. I was with like, no, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I was convinced of it. And I think that was largely because of basically the last 15 minutes of the movie. Yes, which are which I are think, the still, most arresting. Yeah, yes. Um, but anyway, I just had this really funny relationship with it, and then watched it years later, and was like, oh, <laughs> I, think my, I think my friends were right. <laughs> that is a phenomenon that I think, like, I I would imagine a lot of our listeners would relate to, 
when you're like younger. Yeah, and, and you go suddenly see... your tastes are beginning to diverge perhaps a little bit. But even yeah. this bigger thing, I mean, you just conjured a very specific kind of feeling in me, which is when you're younger and you go see movies, and at this point movies are just a social activity still, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah just go yeah. see a movie. You went with, movie. I went with What's like playing? seven people right, or something. Right. Why, why else did I see the real Howard Spitz? Right. <laughs> we we like film Tom I saw with my friends at a movie theater. We'll just go see that, right. And then when everyone else is like, that's dumb, that's stupid, you as someone who has a sort of more serious film mind, whether or not you think the movie is great, get defensive to protect the fact that the movie is at least trying something. Right. Like, yes. it, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's that's not exactly Sweet right. Home Alabama. Like, I can tell right. this movie is attempting to do something. So if you're dismissing it as, oh, that movie's fucking stupid. Right. Yeah. I didn't get it. It was dumb. Right. You yeah. want to be like, I get it. Right. Even if yes. you don't love it, you get yeah. what they're trying to do. Is yeah. there a film you're thinking of where you felt this contrarian sort of? Uh, you know? Yes, I can tell you exactly what film. I I wasn't bringing this up because but, I was but, thinking but of just one. Say Is it the, Captain Corelli's Mandolin? Yes. No, the one that was the strongest example. <laughs> you of guys this, didn't get it. It was all about the mandolin. The one that was the strongest example of this in my childhood, uh, where I like drew the line, or my adolescence or whatever, drew the line was Angley's Hulk. Oh, that's a good one. I fucking oh, like went sure. to bat yeah. for it hard, one, right. and everyone yeah. else was like, it's "Fuck, stupid! It's not funny." Right. I remember that being complaint was that it wasn't funny enough. And you probably cited that shot, that silent shot of him falling in the clouds in the, de- in the desert when yes. he lands. Yeah, 100%. you know, that, that was kind of the one I went to. Too. I yeah. still love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I remember that being a big line, the sand moment where it's we'll like, talk about the Hulk. You fuckers don't get it. It's we will talk about the Hulk one day. The no Hulk question. is weird in 2003, but after 13 years of more Marvel movies, it's really weird. Yeah. Like yeah. you watch that now after you watch any like very cookie cutter Marvel Marvel movie, and you're just like. Who let this happen? We will never. Who wrote the check? Uh, Universal Pictures. Universal Pictures. Uh, yeah. We will never see that uh, no. esoteric no. a superhero film ever again. That will never happen ever again. Yeah. Uh, David, what are your memories of seeing uh, Vanilla so Sky? I had seen Abre Los Ohers. Oh, congratulations! Uh, on on <laughs> on the BBC, <laughs> yeah, I believe, or on Channel Four, probably actually, which is yeah. the slightly artier uh, network in the UK. Uh-huh. So I'd seen that movie. So, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Now I, I've rewatched it. It's, it's okay. It's not quite. When I was a teenager, I thought it was brilliant because, you know, it was in a different language and like it was about lucid dreaming. Right. Um, and it has Eduardo Noriega and Penelope Cruz and nobody else, you know, famous. But uh, so I was not, what I'm saying is like I went into Vanilla Sky and I knew what it was going to be about. Mm hmm. Which I feel like most people were not like sure sure uh, yeah, I don't know like you know blowjob lady's gonna crash a car and then his face will be scarred then he'll have a lucid dream and then he'll t- scream tech so support got, and Noah Taylor will ride an elevator like nobody saw this we've coming. got blowjob lady and island woman from David <laughs> so far today by the way it's just the Fucking way monster. the way this movie treats Cameron Diaz for having sex with a man is a little bonkers. I'm just going to well, say. Uh, David, she swallowed his cum. That meant something. <gasps> when times. you have sex with a person, you're making a promise to them, whether you know it or not. What does it say that I relate to her most of any oh character in this movie? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we have. We, I'm we also going through a breakup in the last 48 hours, but I was watching this and I was like, yeah, yeah, say it. <laughs> you, don't, you don't own a, yeah. own a muscle card, do you? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Why yeah. does he get in the car? G- give Ben your keys. Yeah. By the way, by the way, uh, Cameron Diaz is going to pick me up after we're done recording. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm in a free uh, fall. Don't go driving down like Riverside Drive. Anyway, so the film is actually pretty much exactly the same as Abre Lozojo's, except for. 
the main character of that movie is not a magazine magnate who's friends with Steven Spielberg. He's just some guy? That's the stuff. Yeah, he's like a, a successful man. That's the flashy yeah. stuff that, that Cruz and Crow had. Cruz and Crow are playing around with this, like, no, let's make this, like, really big. Like, and, and I think lifestyle. let's make this kind of decidedly American. I think that yeah, was another sure. aspect of it. Um, so I went to see the film. I was such a Tom Cruise fan. Loved yeah. Tom Cruise. And I liked Cameron Crowe. I mean, I loved Jerry Maguire, and I, I was fine with Almost Famous. So I was like, I was into the movie. And I was a dedicated Empire magazine reader. Oh, okay. And yeah. Empire had just been hyping it for so, because Empire was, they were real Cameron Crowe fans, I remember. And like, they had just been hyping it for so long. It's like, his mystery project, Vanilla Sky. Like, oh, Penelope Cruz is going to be like the next superstar, you know? So I was just really hyped up for it. It and had a lot it. of elements, yeah, to be excited about. Yeah. And and Cameron and Cameron Diaz was a big deal. You know, I was huge. like a big being John Malkovich fan. Like once again, this was post Shrek. I mean, she was huge, and at she the hadn't time. yet descended into the you know just shitty romantic comedy. She was doing right. interesting she hadn't done performance. Trek three yet, which was like right. the, she know, was yeah. she was like consecutive Trek the Golden third. Globe I'm sorry, Trek nominee. The third. You know, like she was an ingenue on the ride, and she was yeah. nominated for this, and she also got a SAG award for this. She like nomination, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying people thought she was going to get an Oscar nomination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still contend that she should have gotten the the Oscar nomination that Catherine Keener got. For, for Malkovich. I think they both should have been nominated. Oh, well, I, love, yeah, if, I love Keener. But yeah. yeah. But yeah. fair But, but uh, Diaz is amazing in uh, being John Malkovich. I also would have nominated her for There's Something About Mary, which is a deceptively oh, sure. yeah. difficult performance. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, I also would have nominated her for The Mask. I don't know. Feeling yeah, pretty, Minnesota. I have seen Feeling yeah, Minnesota. So, uh, the She's Last all right Supper. in that. <laughs> the Last Supper. I saw I that movie probably that. about 20 times. That's a good poll, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Courtney B. Vance. Yeah, oh, the great yeah. Courtney Annabeth B. Vance. Gish. CBV? Uh, can, can I tell you guys uh, my experience of ben, seeing this film? Ben? Hey, guys. <laughs> ben, you can say anything. <laughs> oh, thank Boy. you. Dot, dot, dot. Um, <laughs> so I saw this at a drive-thru. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> the year was 57. Was, <laughs> yeah. Somehow that's the least surprising thing in the world. And uh, I was sitting in the back seat, and I made out with a girl. <gasps> Who Wait, so she? you were sitting in the back seat where people sitting in the front seat? Yeah, yeah, Dave, it's a car. Who was sitting in the front seat? All right. Uh, Your well, parents? Maybe you moved to the back seat to make out is what I meant. Oh, no, no, no. Was I wasn't. I didn't have a car. <laughs> oh, wow. I was with my friend. I don't know whose car it was. It so was... you're <laughs> yeah. you had one friend in the front seat? Yeah. Just and we, sitting stone faced <laughs> gripping the wheel at ten and two, yeah, like and watching Vanilla Sky while you sat in the back and made out. <laughs> no, exactly. That's how it went down. No, he had a girl too. Oh he we did. were on a double date. Oh, okay. So, so, I, so you must have absorbed very little of this film making out in the back seat of a car yeah, and yeah, drive. Yeah. No, I did not pay attention to what happened at all. Because if the two people in the front were making out as well, anytime they would lean in to make out, you wouldn't have been able to see the movie, right? Yeah, no, it's just a real <laughs> kiss fest in there. Are you allowed to say come at a drive-in? I mean, that's like... <laughs> Did they, they just edit that, that out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they turn it off for a second. They they set off a, an air horn, and then a guy comes out with a flag so you can't read her lips, waves it in front of the screen. Oh, my God. Yeah, this movie was, so So I had seen, so I knew the general premise, but this movie was a little shockingly, uh, I was only 15. Yeah. I wasn't seeing, like, a lot of R-rated, quote-unquote, movies yet. So, yeah, this was a little shockingly sexual this in pretty, dialogue. pretty no. blunt yeah. in how it discusses sex. Yeah, for for a for a section of the movie before yeah. it becomes kind of more like you know gooey and sort of like yes. dreamy and yeah know. right at the in the the yeah. first the first act yeah but even that scene where he's talking about the mole on Penelope Cruz's breast is like yeah different than what you'd see in most 
Hollywood films, I'd say, right. where it's like two people naked in a bed together, and it's not like quick cut gauzy like thrusting. Sure, it's them thrusting, just sort of though. sitting and naked and like talking. There is some thrusting. It reminds later, me though. of, of um, yes. oh yes, Ray Fiennes and Kristen Scott mm-hmm. Thomas when he's like, I claim this, you know, part of her neck or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's it's that same scene. And they're doing it in Notting Hill, but there's no boobs. Uh, but they do have yeah, a Hugh Grant's discussion really flat chested. Right. There's no boobs in that. <laughs> no, it's Reese Fonz. Uh, <laughs> What's but, um, the two of them? Well, right. <laughs> in Abre Los Ojos, she is, I remember this, the same scene, she is straddling him. She's on top. And has her. She's woman on top? She's woman on top and has her arms up and he mimes putting a coin in her armpit and then she like starts moving, like she freezes and then she starts moving again. Very strange. I love that. And that. Is huh. it's so odd that it is to this day impressed upon me. Yeah, that weird little scene. Um, but it's like the movie's beats are exactly the same down to the you know crucial moment of him like lying in the gutter. Okay, now, his face looks way worse in the Spanish movie though. Interesting. Oh yeah, well they couldn't really. Yeah, they couldn't fuck him up Tom, beyond yeah, recognition. Yeah. yeah, but but here's what I like about this movie. It's not the only thing I like about this movie. It's something I like about this movie. Yes, they still make him look like Tom Cruise. I do think he genuinely looks terrible in it. Yeah, like no, it, he doesn't. Like if you saw him in the street, you would. Be I think repulsed. he looks terrible, it's, but also it's he he does such a good performance of, of playing a kind of repulsive person. Yes, you know. Yes, um, once he gets to that point, that he really sells the makeup. I, I just watching it even today, I was like surprised anytime they cut to the face, going like, "Oh, you didn't like." Do the Gerard Butler Phantom of the Opera thing where it's like, okay, there's a four inch radius that's shitty. Right. But like he's right. really playing unlikable mm-hmm. and and the the face is genuinely upsetting yeah. to look at. Um so the first time I saw this movie was uh two years ago. Whoa. Okay. Completely missed it at the time. Sure. You were uh, pretty young, probably. Probably like 13 I mean, years old. But here's the thing. I really didn't like Tom Cruise at the time, right? Yeah, you were a dick about Tom Cruise. I was a We've dick about Tom about Cruise it. for a long time. So I just think I had, like, no interest, and I was a Cameron Crowe fan, and when the reviews came out and they were bad, I was like, yeah, I don't want to see a bad Tom Cruise movie. Like, I just sort of had no inclination to see it. And I had, over the years, just kind of, like, kept the narrative of, like, oh, that one sucks, right? People hate that one. And then every once in a while I'd hear someone be like, I actually think it's really good. I actually think it's really interesting. So I watched it, like, two years ago when I was uh, stuck in a house with my family for the holidays and was just like, let me just Netflix a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't watch most times. Right. Like movies on there that I've kind of been meaning to see, but I don't think are very good, right? And I watched it and was like really into it. Really, really liked it. Have defended it since then. Today mm-hmm. was only the second time I'd seen it. Uh-huh. I will say this, probably the number one worst movie to see right after being dumped. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of bad movies to see right after being dumped, but sure, it's not a good one. The Lobster, for example. <laughs> Don't go see it in theaters. I think I would find The Lobster more cathartic in my current state. Here's okay. my thesis for why this is oh, go ahead. Go a ahead. terrible movie to see after being dumped, right? Uh, it's the loneliest movie ever made. Yeah, yeah. It's actually because I actually watched it a couple uh, yesterday or there, yeah. and I it's it's really depressing. It's and really, I was really depressing. bummed out after but it watching also, it. It's a film about. Loneliness. Yes, it is. And isolation. And, yeah. and it's a guy who cannot get over one moment he had with someone that was so great that he'd rather go into a coma yeah. than live again. <laughs> he'd rather day-to-day freeze his body like an ice cube. Because he can't get over the time he was happy. Uh, anyway, yeah, this movie did a number on me. But um, uh, here's... <laughs> <laughs> been cackling in the background. <laughs> like some Jason Lee driving off. Yeah, Ben, ben is the Jason Lee. Yeah, Ben's the Jason Lee. I, I'm uh, Penelope. Uh, you're Cameron Diaz. You're, and Richard, you're Tommy C. I was going to say, 
Oh, Richard's yeah. Kurt Russell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he's oh, got. And the, I want to talk about Kurt Russell. He's got the yeah, Atticus Finch. We'll glasses. get to that. Yeah. Yeah. I also like. I remember the first time I watched this movie, being like, Kurt Russell's in this because I think he wasn't in the marketing at all. Right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind someone of someone called Tom Cruise was in the yeah, marketing. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't know yeah. if you know. But that's that. the point. The trailer was just like Tom Cruise, Cameron Diaz, Penelope Cruz, and we about two guys who fucks two great but ladies. In England, um, it's Timothy Spall's on all the cover, all the posters, <laughs> yeah, right? It yeah. was it was a Spall yeah. picture. Yeah. Love, Jonah. sex, friendship, death, Spall. Yeah, yeah. Me and Richard for two years now have had a, mis- a running joke about uh-huh. the film Mister Turner. <laughs> well, you remember. Last year when I gave yeah he got the most uh, he he was the the putters and murmurs award <laughs> or or Ian uh, well, no it no, was it, it was Ian McKellen got for Mr the, Holmes the second but, annual Timothy right. Spall award for putters and murmurs <laughs> right. have, you, yeah. have you ever actually seen Mr Turner I forget I was on my top ten of the year list that yes year. Right. I love that I, I, I I remember when I first yeah. described I saw it the, the day Victoria before scene. I wrote the list. Right. Yeah, where he grabs the, t- the boob? No. Yeah, well, there's <laughs> yeah. that. And then but we've I got the greatest to grab in film The scene where uh, really where Queen Victoria, you know, just wanders into a room of art and, like, looks at his painting and goes, Ugh, Turner. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love Mr. Turner. Turner. Can it's I say movie. my favorite thing about Timothy Spall? I saw this interview with him when, like... He's playing Christopher Hitchens in this movie, right? <laughs> like, I saw this movie and I, and I was like, Timothy Spall, Christopher Hitchens, like 10 years ago. In, Let's make that happen. Almost, yeah, almost every movie yeah. he's yeah. playing. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. Well, not uh, Enchanted. No. Well, no. Which he's wonderful in. He's so good. In <laughs> um, I saw this interview with him when Mr. Turner was coming out, and uh, they were talking about how you know people thought he might get an Oscar, and he had won Best Actor Khan and all this sort of stuff. And uh, they were like, is that crazy for you? And he's like, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm just like, I, I'm not going to try to do the accent. He was like, I'm such a blue-collar guy. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, like, mm-hmm. from working class. We don't think things like this can happen to us. And he goes, I remember when they read off my name, and they said, and the award goes to Timothy Spall. And I said, that's my name. And I went, wow, you're so blue-collar <laughs> that you can't even say your own name correctly. He pronounces it Timothy. Timothy Spall. Timothy Spall. Timothy Spall. Timothy Spall. He's great. He's great. I love Timothy and, Spall. And any movie that has, has Timothy Spall and Noah Taylor in it is really... Can we play hey, this? Okay, and Tilda Swint. Can we play and this Tilda game Swint. quickly? Okay, mm-hmm. the game is let's go around a circle until one of us can't name another Casper from Vanilla Sky because I just want to try listing how weird the collection of people are in this movie. Oh yeah, because there's some there's some fun ones buried in there, right? Okay, so Timothy Spall, uh, Noah Taylor, Tilda Swinton, Tom Cruise, Michael Shannon, uh, Jason Lee, Cameron Diaz, uh, Ken Lung. <laughs> Shit. Um, did we, we say Kurt Russell, right? Uh, no, you know you, you, you got it. You got yeah. it. Kurt Penelope Russell. Cruz, uh, Johnny Galecki. Yes. Oh, oh, Alicia Witt. Oh yeah, fuck. that's, that's right. what I was gonna take. Did was Till Swinton said? Yeah. yeah. Uh, fuck. Uh, we're basically done, but you should definitely name the biggest cameo. Uh, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. We said Timothy Spall. We said. <laughs> I think we said everybody else. I don't know anyone else in this movie, but uh, that's quite a cast. Quite a cast list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a party scene where uh, Steven Spielberg uh, runs up Tom Cruise and goes, "You son of a bitch!" Yep. And is clearly playing Steven Spielberg, friend to uh, publishing magnate, publishing um, magnate David Ames. Um. So th- this is what I find interesting about this movie. Okay. Uh, having not seen the original because when I was fucking eleven or whatever, sure. ten, uh, and I was going to day camp, uh, uh-huh. on the bus to camp every morning, this one kid was like. Uh, it's like that Spanish thriller, Obrolos Hoyos, or whatever it's called. <laughs> I don't speak Spanish. But he would every day equate everything in this movie and fucking brag about the fact that he'd seen some Spanish movie with boobs in it. And so when Vanilla Sky came out, that was like the other reason I didn't want to see it, because I was like, that fucking movie that kid used to always talk about. 
Okay, so you were biased against the Vanilla Sky. Right, and I still have But, you know, you were saying you, it's about loneliness or something. Well, so... Then we got sidetracked When you were Spall. saying all the stuff that got added that isn't the original about him being, like, being a Tom a rich, Cruise figure, a guy, being, yeah. you know, an yeah. heir to And a having fortune, daddy issues. All that sort of stuff. Um... I read this interview with Tom Cruise with Cameron Crowe where he said, you know, he showed me the movie and he said, we should make this, we should make this right now. Da 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 da. Cruise said that to Crowe, mm-hmm. and Crowe said, like, I like the original story, but if I was going to remake it, I was going to put my own spin on it. And I feel like more than most remakes, this is like a movie that whether or not you like it is an argument for how you can make an interesting remake. Which is like, what if you take the plot of a film and you filter it through all of your personal obsessions? You know, like this right. is such a Cameron Crowe movie. But it's a crozation of another thing. You're not selling me. I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just yeah. saying this is like how you wish more people remade movies where it's like really put your own spin on it, right? Sure. Whether or not it's yeah. good, it's worth remaking rather than so many things that are just like shot for shot, you know, right. just with a different cast. Cameron Crowe said the idea that, and I think this was just something he had wanted to write about at some other point in time. Maybe he had a nascent screenplay idea. And when Cruz came to him, he was like, oh, what if I threw this onto that? He said he was really obsessed with the quote that Elvis Presley had about uh, feeling like the loneliest person in a room where everyone knows who you are. Uh-huh. And like mm. that's totally what this movie's about. It's yeah. like this sort of isolation, a guy who feels like just somehow deeply intrinsically lonely despite having everything at his disposal. Here's my problem with that. Yeah. You don't get that sense until his face has been smashed into a million pieces. You know? See, I even, and once again, it might be the mental state I'm in right now, but the first, like, 40 minutes of this movie where it's, like, Tom Cruise killing it, I, like, watch it and go, like, this is so lonely. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. I just don't think the well, movie Well, I mean, it literally starts with him way. running around your, uh, an empty New York yeah, City. Yeah, true. Yes. You know? Very so true. So I think, they've, I think they're, tr- they're starting to establish it. Which is a pretty cool yeah. sequence. Oh, yeah. To, and like, just to I remember hearing stories about how they filmed that and just like they had so little time. Right. Yeah. They to, like roped yeah. off Times Square yeah. at like three in the morning for like. Like, five like in 28 Days Later when they like. Right. You know. Did, right. Did Lampy London. Right. London. They'd, they'd have to like rope Timothy off. Timothy Spool like... was there. <laughs> <laughs> Other than. Grumbling <laughs> about what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Other than like the couple of big establishing shots they have, they would have to like rope off four blocks for 30 minutes. Yeah. And then they'd like let that go, but then other people would be roped off. You yeah. Know? It's crazy. Yeah. And that was, I remember even that at the time, like as a kid growing up in New York, when they were filming the movie and it was such a big deal, like Tom Cruise shut down Times Square. Mm-hmm. Like no one can shut down Times Square. It was like how unassailable he was. That it was like, this guy's such a big movie star, he can fucking do whatever he wants. Yeah. And it's crazy that at any point in his career, Cameron Crowe got to do that. Yes. You know, and that's what's so funny yeah. about this movie is that, like, it's a really a fulcrum movie because if this had gone well, mm-hmm. I think Cameron Crowe's career would have been way different. I agree. But it didn't. And then he kind of had to rec- he receded he's, back he's, into. Well, I think he starts scrambling. Like, yeah. That's my, like, he, Elizabeth Town is him being like, I'm going to write the most Cameron Crowe movie you ever right. Cameron Crowe. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to fix it all. Romance. Yeah. You but love th- romance and talking, right? And right. <laughs> this movie is throwing the Cameron Crowe thing onto something else. Right. Which is how he could have expanded yeah, as like a director, how he could have grown up, you know? Is there another director who has done that successfully? I mean, I know this movie did okay but, like financially, but it obviously critically it didn't. Yeah. Is there someone who's like that idiosyncratic who then made like a, a weirder, more genre-y movie? Not that this is a genre movie, but I can't really think of movie. Successfully? Kind of. I, yeah. I don't, I mean... I mean I'd have if to by think. It would be like if Richard Linklater made like a yes. sci-fi thriller. Which right. would, I mean, well, I guess he has. Yeah, sort of. yeah. it's pretty good too. Yeah. I mean, I'd say School of Rock kind of functions in that way. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not the but same it's a small thing movie. exactly. 
But it was like a commercial film that did well and very much feels like of a piece with his work. It I don't does. Know I agree. a big example because like most of the times where that happened, it's like Altman's Popeye, you know? Right. Where it's like, yeah. this sure, is that's Altman, a good ex- right. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to fit into a pre-existing <laughs> genre. I made you something and we're all like, oh, <laughs> okay. Do you like it? <laughs> but in most cases, you're sort it's of like, like weird. Mis- I mean, I said on Twitter, this movie is like Jerry Maguire, like got out of some sort of like Frankenstein monster experiment before he was finished. And he just starts like rampaging <laughs> well, around. It's like, yeah. it's like a deformed Jerry Maguire. Love me. <laughs> it's, it's the only good scene in Alien Resurrection where Sigourney Weaver finds the room with all the aborted. Oh, the, yeah, all the all the the uh, right. the spec scripts that didn't make it essentially yeah. and they're all the like fucked like, up Sigourney, yeah, Sigourney Weaver. Weaver with like three flippers one titty <laughs> <laughs> and she's like got a slug body and she just burns them all yeah, yeah. right like this feels like th- most times uh, an idiosyncratic um sort of drama or comedy like small scale emotional focus drama or comedy director has tried to throw that into a larger genre structure it's either like a disaster like that yeah. or like Barry Levinson's Toys, which we've talked about a lot. Oh, you know, yeah. things oh, yeah. like that. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 Um, but Barry, isn't that him being like, I've always wanted to make this right. movie toy. Yeah. So like, yeah. That, that was a singular vision, if nothing well, else. This is at least Cruz being like, I've optioned this movie. Yeah. I think it's great. And I want you to make it with me. I was going to say. Cameron Crowe is sort of, okay, yeah, great. I was like, going to say the other example of what happens in that circumstance is they make a movie and you go, I can't believe that guy directed that. Like, it just feels right. like it was made by committee. He's, his voice is totally lost in this. Tim Burton's Big Eyes. Yep. I like Tim Burton. But it, I, I'm with the Richard. It's a reverse. It's going yeah. from Tim Burton's weird because he yeah. made idiosyncratic blockbusters from yeah. the beginning. Yeah. I mean, he's a pretty good example because it just happened really fast. You know who he I, could have made weird little movies for heart like Beetlejuice's for a while. He just got Batman right at the start. Is there something to be said for the fact that his two um, really Oscar ploy movies both start with the word big, big eyes, big fish? Yeah. Anyway, what's love he gonna do next? You uh, love big eyes. I like it a lot. I love Big Fish. I recently I like tried to rewatch Big Eyes. It doesn't move. Put it, put it that way. I like it's it. It's not a fast movie. I'm defending no. everything today. Yeah, all right. Uh, you know who I'd say kind of almost has pulled off what we're talking about? Who? Uh, uh, to invoke the movie for the second time today? Uh, Doug Lyman. Uh, with Edge of Tomorrow? Like, Edge of Tomorrow sort of feels like a big genre movie with you know, prevalent Lyman-y he's a, he's a weird But director. he's a weird director. Yeah. I can't get a beat. He doesn't have as strong a voice, but it no. does feel like that movie I'm, almost threads yeah. that needle. Is is That movie's great, but almost threads the needle of what we're talking It's about. very weird that the guy who made the um, Valerie Plain yeah, movie also made game. Jumper. Yeah. Yes. And Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. And Go. And, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith and originated the Bourne. What movies. if he's like really six people secretly? It's kind of that's what name. that's what I'm saying. I can't get a yeah. beat on that. His guy. career's insane. What's his deal? Yeah. So weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. <sighs> Vanilla Sky. Vanilla Sky. Okay, so all right. Let's... I'm going to tell you the plot of Vanilla Sky right now. A man is in prison, and he's been charged with murder. Well, first, someone tells him to open his eyes. Sure, and he. Runs through empty Times yeah. Square. That's also a ballsy a move. Dream. That the first line of the film is a character saying the title the of, the of the original, original film movie. in Spanish. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Whoa. Oh yeah. But uh, no. What I. What I. One thing I think that about the movie that is ballsy is that it is narrated by a man who is wearing a uh, rubber mask. Love and it. And it sounds like it's like. You know, I was a magazine. Uh, I own some magazines. Can you hear me? Like it's it's the most muffled narration you ever heard. Uh, I love this mask so much. What do you think of the mask? I like the mask. 
It's creepy. The mask is really creepy, and it's used to some very, like, it's used to good effect, I think, in, a, in several scenes. Yes, and um, right after Eyes Wide Shut, too. Not right yeah. after, yeah. but uh, uh, Tom Cruise in masks. I love that it's not a blank fake mask, but it's also... It's, like, slightly creepy, almost a little too Tom cruise Right, but it's, it yeah. strikes just the perfect Uncanny Valley point, where it's yeah. not, like, just like Tom Cruise's face, right. and it's also not just a sort of anonymous mask. Right. It's, like, just somewhere in the middle... Yeah. Where you're really uncomfortable anytime it's on screen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he also gets really weird and physical anytime he's wearing the mask. Yeah. yeah. He does all that sort of shit where he's like. That just to where he's dancing. Yeah. For some unknown for reason. Unknown reason. Yeah. yeah. So a man in a mask has been charged with murder and he tells his court appointed psychologist, played by Kurt Russell. A kindly Kurt Russell. Nice, a nice Kurt Russell. It's, I think, I think it's my favorite performance in the movie. And I <laughs> think good. it's one of my favorite Kurt Russell performances. I love it when. Action actors don't do action. Yeah. Me too. Like yeah. like like Bruce Willis and Nobody's Fool or and something. And Moonrise Ooh. Kingdom. Oh, is yes, such perfect. A good example. Perfect of that. example. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I love Kurt Russell in this. He's just so. I mean, he's built to be likable, but it's just it's 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 great casting. Well, also, I think that it's interesting that Cameron Crowe has posed on screen this big challenge to him of like, I'm you're a character who's supposed to be evocative of Atticus Finch of Gregory Peck in right. To Kill a Mockingbird. Not a pretty famous nice guy performance. Yeah. And maybe he's the just most a very famous. good job, like yeah. I think, inhabiting that sort of like gentle fatherly energy without doing an impression. But in in yeah. in, in Villa Sky too, he's going to be racist, <laughs> like in Ghost of the Watchman. <laughs> Cameron Crowe has written Vanilla Sky <laughs> Chocolate 2, Sky, <laughs> and it won't be released until Chocolate Ground. <laughs> it once he's infirm, his kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chocolate Ground. It's almost <laughs> as good as Tova Felch's The Lorax kicking herself in the behind. The, um, this is why you bring back Rylos, Rylos. for a twofer. Yeah. How you doing, Rylos? Good, good. Kurt Russell, love him. <laughs> All right. Kate so, Hudson's dad, sort of. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's not technically, though. But right? she calls him dad. He's yes, like her yes, co dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, I hadn't <laughs> yeah. even made that connection. So, yeah, he had, Crow had just finished work with uh, Kate Hudson. Mm-hmm. And now he's working with And she with, said, uh, and my dad needs some work. <laughs> She's like he's just kicking around. And he the said, house. "Have him show up first day of filming. I'll I'll find something. I'll, for we'll him. throw some glasses on. Yeah. Him. I think yeah. it is yeah. worth mentioning that Kurt Russell was very dormant his career at this point. He had like made these weird quiet. comeback attempts, Soldier, like, Soldier, Escape from L.A., Escape from yeah. L.A. in the '90s, where it was uh, like Executive Decision, yeah, yeah, uh, Breakdown. Where yeah. It's very clearly yeah. like, okay, you're not." You know, you're not an action star. And Carpenter's failing him. Carpenter's fucking wiping out, so he can't be there to prop him up anymore. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Uh, Ghosts of Mars comes out this year, I believe. 2,000 Miles to Graceland maybe came out earlier this same year, I believe it's 3,000 Miles to Graceland, my friend. I think I have failed at trivia (laughs) off of that very (laughs) difference in numbers. Yes, that was uh, the Elvis impersonator bank robber movie with Kevin Costner and Courtney Cox. I remember and um, Lucy Liu? Possibly. Is, isn't that where Courtney Cox no, Lucy met Lucy David Arquette? Other. Yes. That's the movie they met on. Yes. Right. Yes. Because uh, I, I introduced them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did craft services on 3000. No, I was, I was writing a feature for Empire Magazine. Never ran. <laughs> you would have read it. If, oh, yeah. I loved Empire Magazine. Yeah. Um, so, so he narrates, he flashes back, mm-hmm. and he's a publishing magnate. Uh, and they filmed it in the Condé Nast offices where I used to work before we moved downtown. In, in the old Times Square while building, yeah. mentioning Graydon Carter, who is my boss. Well, my boss's boss. Shout boss. out to Graydon Carter. He listens, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Blank yeah. He's a, yeah, he's a he's, yeah. Is he more of a, a Griff head or a David dog? Uh, or is uh, he a Hoss hog? He's a Hoss hog. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll hey tell there. You. <laughs> Big G. I've talked about this with you, but my uh, my roommate, when I dropped out of college, 
was uh, Graydon Carter's son, who I believe does not listen to this podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. My friend uh, Spike. Uh, and he was the name on the lease. And so once a month, I would have to bring a check for like $600 to the hallway in Vanilla Sky and wait it. for someone to come out and collect the check. It's like Gary Carter could use it as toilet paper, <laughs> you know, could not even bother to deposit it. Uh, that's yeah. You told me that. That's uh, so you you are intimately acquainted with the kind of a job that David Ames has. A hundred percent. Which is that he runs three magazines. Is it only three? I think he just says three. it was like a Maxim X. One's called sure. Lies. Is that right? Didn't they at one point go? We need your approval on the new cover of Lies magazine. I might have misheard like it. A great, magazine. great title. Oh, for this, a magazine. and I want to. This is an interesting um, moment in time too, because it's about a rich, wealthy, you know, uh, ma- uh, magazine heir. Sure. Publishing. In two thousand one. Yep. When all that was starting to fall to shit. It's literally, I mean, within a year, yeah. the idea, it's like, oh, so you're a penniless? Right. <laughs> is what, that what you are? Right, you're <laughs> a pauper king? Like what? When did, the internet started in 2002, is that right? Uh, Al Gore invented the internet right upon leaving office in 2000, yeah. Okay, right, 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 yeah. <laughs> he said, oh, and here, by the yeah. way. Because the first website yeah. was for the X-Men movie, right? It was summer 2000, yeah. That's okay. right. No, the, first, no. uh, the first movie, the first website was for Ben Hosley's favorite movie, Stargate. Is that true? That yeah. was the first Stargate website? Stargate was the first uh, film with a website. I always thought what it was about, Space Jam. What about Space Jam? Yeah. Space Jam's after Stargate. The oldest uh, website. Yeah, Space Jam's is, is it? Space Jam. Space Jam. I'm going to make one called Space Jam. It's just like <laughs> Elaine Stritch and showing her legs in space. Centuries yeah. in Space Jam's. <laughs> um, no, because Star- I think Stargate's, Stargate's 94. 94, and yeah. Space Jam's until 97. There you go. But Space Jam just has a famous old 96? Maybe Space Jam's 96, yeah. I think it's 96, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so he's a publishing magnate. Yep. Uh, He inherited it from his father who died. Yep. He's brash. He's arrogant. We see all these pictures. And he's like 34, which almost made me throw myself off the building. He's about to turn 33. Because I am, right, yeah. So I am am 30. 33rd birthday. Tom Cruise, while making this film, was 41, I believe. I think he's younger than that. Really? I was doing the math this morning. I think he was like late 30s. Because he's 53 now. This was 15 years ago. I'd say... 39 would be my guess. Yeah, like 38, that sounds 39. about right. Yeah. So, but he, so he's playing yeah, younger, you know, you know, by at least half a decade. Most yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, he's let's let me say this. He's supposed to be a sort of you know uh, Arrested Development case, right? He's just a little. He hasn't quite grown. Uh, Peter Pan type. Sure. Yeah. You know, he's like he's still having parties and having fun and like uh, having the best hair in the history of film. Uh, he was 38, uh, tooling around in in sports cars and. He's got his weird, like, shrunken eight-pack, his weird chest, yeah. you know, that he, like, yeah. worked. It's yeah. like he worked out too much and yeah, it went wrong. That's like, why I don't work out. If your body's yeah, this right. small and you have that many muscles, it doesn't fit. There's <laughs> odd, odd chest. <laughs> There's no space for the muscles. And he has one friend, Jason Lee. Yeah, I will also say that this is, the I think, the rare movie where Tom Cruise with longer hair looks better. Yeah. yeah. Because he, he, or looks good. He, when he, he's at his best when he has the short Crew cut. I agree, and is you can it, measure the Mission yeah. Impossible movies by the haircut. But this is the two right, years with in long Mission hair. Impossible Two, yeah. which yeah. he had made his, the year before. He's yeah. got the well, real long hair, and it's hair. terrible. It's so bad. But he does three consecutive movies: Magnolia, Mission Impossible Two, and this are all long hair, right? And there are yeah. no films in between, right? Yeah, because in Eyes Wide Shut, he's got the short hair. Yeah, ninety nine to two thousand one is is long haired TC. So he has got long hair. He doesn't have his beard anymore. Yeah, no. Get it? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> long hair, no beard. Took me a while. Took me a second. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't get it. Uh, Twelve Good. comedy points, Richard. Um, but then, for Minority Report, short. Yeah. And then for Last Samurai, long. Too long. 
the longest it had ever been. Like, like Crystal Gale, like it was <laughs> down to his ankles. And then collateral, yeah. short and peppery, you know, Which great. Not a, not a bad look. No, good look. Pretty salty, if you ask me. Yes. He he went into the, he said, give me the Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I do think, he does look a lot like Jamie Lee Curtis in that movie. Um, same amount of uh, shoulder padding in their suits, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that, uh, I, I think this is the best his hair has ever looked in a movie. I really do. Yeah, they really sell him being. He looks great. I mean, it's not hard to sell Tom Cruise as this, but, like, he's just pitched very well as this, like, handsome, like, guy who everyone is obsessed with. And yes. Even though he's a jerk. He's a jerk. Yeah. This is the last movie, I think, where Hollywood tried to just present Tom Cruise to us as, at least for the first 30 minutes of this movie, before yeah. it inverts it yeah. and deconstructs it. For the first 30 minutes of the movie, this is the last time Hollywood was like, this is the most perfect man in the world. Right? Sure. This guy's charming. Yep. He's great looking. He's fun. He's funny. He's confident. Um, after that, he goes more into genre stuff. And then mm-hmm. anytime he tries to do... This sort of thing, people flip out, and about. everything yeah. that he does after this is 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 haunted, you yes. know. Yes. And and like even something like Mission Impossible Three, where he's the hero, he, his character is dark and like crying a lot, like yeah. Tor- yeah. in the last his, thirty minutes. He's like weirdly like, tortured by his yeah. job. Yeah, right. yeah. Minority Report, yeah. he's super haunted. Yeah. yeah. After this, yeah. all the performances become yeah. a guy who has failed and is trying to overcome it. Right. And before this, every Tom Cruise movie is about a guy who's winning all the time. But in right. terms of his publicity arc, it is like until now, it's been Nicole. And then, like, this to War of the Worlds is the period where he's sort of maniacally selling himself as, like, I'm a normal guy right. who likes women and romance and I'm great. And then War of the Worlds is where it all really implodes. That's And then that's the end of him yes. doing that. Yeah. I also, yeah. I think it's yeah. interesting that, like, the Nicole Kidman thing was, like, this is the love of a century. You know? Yeah, man. They're the two great movie stars in love, adopting hashtag kids. Hashtag the two great movie stars. The two great movie stars. Hashtag. Um, that was the first hashtag. That was the very crazy. first hashtag. Yeah, they invented that when Al Gore invented the internet. Yeah, on the Stargate website. That was what they posted on the Stargate website. <laughs> they went through the Stargate. It was the flash intro. Al Gore owns the only known Stargate. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> <laughs> and as he invented the internet, Roland Emmerich was like, I should make a movie out yeah, of this. You know what the bad news is? It's the Atlantis <laughs> Russell. Al Gore yeah. lives in Jay Davidson's guest house, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, he he tried for SG one. He's only got Atlantis. He can only go underwater in his Stargate. Wait, Kurt Russell's in Stargate. I yep. was gonna say with Kurt oh Russell of all people. That was probably his last big action epic that hit. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think that might be right. Ninety four. Yeah. Ninety four. Um, uh, the thing I was gonna say is, uh, they presented the like uh, the Cruz and Kidman thing as like they are madly in love. This is a serious adult relationship. And the Cruz and Cruz thing, I remember being more like. They just can't stop fucking. Yeah, like, right, oh, right. for sure. There was yeah. hot caliente. Yeah. Well, exactly. It had a tinge of a sort of ex- exoticism <laughs> yes. to it. No yeah. question. Yeah. But there was also, because you look at, like, Katie Holmes was introduced as, I'm in love with her, I'm going to marry her. Right? She was the girl next door who you settled down with. But the second he announced they were dating, it was like, we're going to get married. Yeah, totally. Penelope Cruz, they always positioned it as, like, this is his rebound fling. Right. And the positioning was always like, they can't stop fucking. These guys, the two of them, ooh, it's just hot. This was Tom Cruise colon sexual being. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Very. And this movie is kind of Tom Cruise colon sexual being. And yeah. it, I mean, one of the opening things is he just spent the night with Cameron Diaz and they had sex four times like normal men and women. That means something. That means something. Like normal men and women. That's what they do. They have sex yeah. four times in a night. Like a common island woman. <laughs> <laughs> So he's having a fling. This might be the first movie where I heard the term fuck buddy because I think oh, Sex and right? the City had not done it yeah. yet. Let's talk about Jason Lee 
in this movie. Who, who is the one who says it? Right? Why is yes. he? Well, he's in the movie partly because of his ties to Scientology, is, is, I believe. And Cameron Crowe. Had just done yeah. Almost Famous. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's also in this movie to make Tom Cruise seem like a normal guy who has a friend who he chats That's with. That's right. I mean, this yeah. character is Adds a little levity. Admit, admittedly in uh, Aubrey Lo Soho. So there's the same character with right. the same mechanic where he's kind of like But a literally any guy. actor of Jason Lee or, any, or even a higher stature at the time would have taken that role. So yes. it's just interesting that it's him. That it's Jason Lee. I guess yeah, he, was kinda, he was big at the time. I mean, I think certainly he, Hollywood was trying to make him happen, right? Yeah, I mean, the thing was... I, I've ragged on him. I actually like Jason Lee in this. I like him a lot in Almost Famous. I'd kind of forgotten good Jason Lee. Yeah. He's but, great in Almost so Famous. So I think yeah. he's really, yeah, good, he's really great in that. He's okay in this. I mean, he works. It's kind of an impossible character to play. Well, sure. I was talking to this about... With, I was talking with Richard about this. He is everything he represents the movie's struggle i agree which is that sometimes he has to be like hey man ah fuck buddy ha 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 we're friends and it's light lighthearted. and then yeah. he's like i'm dark and miserable and angry at you and then like he's a third thing the I problem is he, the character's he, he's, a sad he's, sack and the movie never wants him to be depressing well except right. when it does like suddenly yeah for a second need him to be like super mad or super depressed but it's always cut so quickly that it doesn't really register I mean I remember the thing being at that this time this movie has no sense of tone no. at all well but I kind of like that nah. so the the I believe uh, shortly after this is Jason Lee's first like leading man vehicle which is a guy thing which bombs and disappears right right yeah, yeah. and they gave him a couple more shots after that before he then went to TV and became father to three chipmunks and that's his career now right that's exactly right no yeah. you're forgetting my name is earl he, i said he, went to tv oh, okay. yeah. yeah 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 he stopped trying to be a leading man in movies once he went to my name is earl and then just became the live action guy in family films but i remember feeling reassured by the fact that he was in this movie when i saw it i was like oh yeah. good this movie has like a deep roster of people that i like and you he, know? Sure. he felt like a cool guy at the time i, mean, I remember yeah. when a guy thing was coming out there was some like i have never heard of a guy thing I'm it was sorry. him and julia Stiles and selma blair Great. And it was like, sure. this is Jason Lee's breakout. <laughs> sure. Like, it was yeah. like a romantic comedy where he was the guy. The film was called 2002. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. We were all young ones. Yeah. Starring Jason Lee. Time capsule the movie. Uh, things you'll forget if we hadn't put it on a poster. Jason Biggs played a role. <laughs> yeah. Richard is 33. The movie. <laughs> Oh my god! The uh, Entertain Weekly summer preview or spring preview or whatever it was for a guy thing. They said we were worried when we cast him because we knew he was the best at playing the best friend in movies, and oh. we said if we cast him as the lead, then who will play the best friend? And like who indeed? Well, it was Tom Cruise. Weird yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watching Vanilla Sky, I was like, oh, that was his role this time. We're like, yeah, oh, this yeah. guy's good to play a best friend. Yeah. yeah. And I remember uh, Kevin Smith talking about casting him in Mallrats when he like hadn't really acted before. And he said he came in and he couldn't act whatsoever, but I thought he was so cool I hired him because I wanted him to be my friend. There you go. And I think like that was Jason Lee's energy in movies at this time was like, he comes on screen, the character's totally inconsistent. Hey, man. But you go like, I want to hang Jason out with this guy. Lee. Yeah. He feels like a guy would be fun to get drinks with. Why yeah. is he so You guys fucking... know how Jason Lee came up, right? Skateboarding, bro. Yep. Hell yeah. Shredding real hard. <laughs> He was pretty funny in some videos, though. I remember him being like a standout guy in some of the skate videos I used to did, watch. Did you perk up at the drive-thru when he got on screen? You were like, hold on, babe. My, my boy Lee's on screen. Hell yeah. <laughs> Are you doing okay, Ben? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> it's called projection, Griffin. <laughs> yep. All right. So David's having a fling Yeah. with Julia, Julie Gianni. Great name. Julie Giuliani. Great, great 
Do you think she represents Mayor Julie? I sure yeah. do. Yeah. She fucked up the city. Drove, drove the city off a cliff or yeah. off a bridge. Now, here's Cameron. There's also that scene where she builds a Disney store on Tom Cruise's dick. That's right. And yeah. she bans ferrets. Yes. 100%. And she has a weird scene where she does drag on SNL. Yeah. <laughs> so here's who Cameron Diaz plays in the film. Yeah. She plays a woman who had sex with Tom Cruise. Yeah. You do not know her job. Well, right? she, no, she talks about auditioning. And she's, oh, got, okay. she's got a CD. She recorded an album. Oh, well, she okay. an album. I forgot about her album. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. called so she, uh, Can I Borrow a Feeling? She's a crazy creative woman. <laughs> right, yes, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, she's basically just sort of like arm candy for him, right? Well, she, you, he's fooling around. You are forgetting one very important detail about her character. Uh, she swallowed his cum. She did. And that means something. And that means something. Your body makes a promise. <laughs> Like the craziest monologue in the world. It's great, and she delivers it beautifully. She yeah. does. She does a great. So anyway, job. so she's a she turns into a stalker, and he kind of jokes about it, but then it turns real. And he throws a party. I guess it's a birthday For party. His birthday. Yeah. And his pal, his beaten down pal, Jason Lee, brings a girl it's, who he met at a bar or something. He met earlier that night. Yeah. 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 And she's played, of course, by the island woman herself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, she's wearing an oversized coat. Oh, she's got great coats in this movie. She's yeah. got some coats. Her in this final movie. coat Her is really bit the is best. Her coats. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. some reason Cameron Crowe is yeah. like coats. You're going to yeah. wear a lot of weird coats. He does get kind of obsessed with certain items of clothing after this point. Gone. Cuz Aloha has a similar thing with the hat. Um, Tom Cruise wears a hat in this movie. Oh yeah. Oh, does he? Tom Cruise wears yeah. the hell out of a hat in this it's, movie. It, it is a bucket hat. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this hat. It, is, it looks like, a, like the like hat that the lead singer hat. of the New Radicals wore in Fuck. the video. I was going to say Len, but New Radicals <laughs> is a better Paul. I was about to make the same joke with Len, but like, New Radicals. What is that hat? Well, he's got the dreamer's disease. <laughs> That's what happened. Tom Cruise woke he up that morning. He doesn't know how to wear it. It's covering his eyes. He obviously is like, And Wait, he's uh, not wearing it earlier that day. Like, no. It just sort of appears. Can I throw something out? Can I throw out a theory? As if he stopped at a hat store. On the way to work. He was like, that yeah. one. Can yeah. I throw out a theory? Yeah. Jokes aside. <laughs> I screenshotted it. We're looking at the hat. We'll tweet the hat out. Uh, can I throw out a theory? Jokes aside. Can I borrow a feeling? Uh, yeah, sure, here you go. Thanks. I got too many What's right your theory? Now. Uh, is that hat a conscious reference to New Radicals? Because this is a movie about Tom Cruise having the dreamer's disease. Quite literally. Let's just... Uh... Oh, good. <laughs> I don't even know. What do we do? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I have to go. Forever. You yeah. have to leave the country. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens after that. All right. So he meets Penelope Cruz at and a party. And she's magic. And he's just like, who's yeah. this? And they're playing Salisbury Heart. And she says things. Salisbury Hill. And his heart goes boom, boom, boom. Yep. Oh, That's the music. True. The music the in this movie is, so until bad. the end, mm-hmm. like, like dreadful. It's, yeah. it's terrifying. Yeah. It opens um, with Radiohead. It's Crow doing his it thing. Op- yeah. I think Crow is now, because the Almost Famous soundtrack REM is, is really great. I like the Almost Famous soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, I used to listen to it a lot, even yes. though I wasn't as big a fan of the movie. I sure. just loved the soundtrack. Great soundtrack. So I think Cameron Crow is now very high on himself as like the soundtrack guy. You know? But he always He's, was yeah. a music guy. I mean, of it makes course sense. he was always yeah. a music guy. But I think Almost Famous was a really big deal. And he was now famous for like playing music while yeah. filming and stuff. And so, then Wes Anderson came and took that crown away from him. I guess so. I Became mean, just, like the music guy. Mm-hmm. Every scene in this movie, big scene, is set to some fucking song yeah. from the oh, 90s. Boom, boom, or, boom. Yeah. And it's just Grab like, it's like loudly banging on the soundtrack. And you're like, I, I got it already. You know, I mean, I think everything in its right place works okay at the start. The uh, Radiohead song. 
Mm-hmm. And I think the end works. The I'm surprised the they don't do, is this my house? Is this my beautiful life? <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> well, I think maybe it was in the trailer. The family man was about to do that for, uh, yeah. for Nicolas Cage. Underrated movie. Uh, agreed. Uh, Bella Bambina, <laughs> 2 o'clock. Do you know that? Uh, he, sa- he says to Taylor Leone. <laughs> <laughs> do you know that Tom Hanks sings that song in Hologram for the King? Uh, no, didn't see that That's one. the cold open of the movie is Tom Hanks going, this is not my beautiful house. That's right. I like that movie. I do I too. I didn't see it. Yeah. I, I think that movie's really good. Interesting little, little Who directed t- Tom it again? Tickver. Oh, Tom Tickver. Yeah, yeah. Cloud Atlas. Yeah, our old buddy. Of episode and seven Serena of Shattery of Lady in the Water. Yeah. Wow. I love her. about all of our old friends working together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, so he meets, meet cutes. He really meet cutes with Kruth. Yeah, oh, takes yeah. her up to his second apartment. Yeah. yeah, he's got the party apartment, and then she takes him to her apartment. Yeah, right, same know, night. Yeah, and she's like, she's a little destitute, so she can only afford one whole floor of a loft yeah. in Tribeca or Dumbo or wherever and I love the that fuck it the is. The first line that scene is, "I just have to work all the time in order to afford this." You yeah. know, it's like yeah. they're making it clear that, like, okay, she's got a great apartment, but eh, she's giving up a lot for it. Right. Oh, it's yeah. It's not yeah. easy to have, you know, to. Loft spaces smushed right. together. <laughs> that's that's yeah. how the, she needs. Like, where to does take... she get off making fun of Tom Cruise, where he yeah. barely has more square footage than she does, and he owns a magazine? I just love that she needs. And to she's take... a dental hygienist. Right, right. That's right. her fifth job because the fifth job is the one that pushes her over the hill into making two million dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, she, right. she's, right. A, she's a, a dancer yeah. and a puffy coat model. And yes, uh, what else? She's does an she illustrator. She does caricatures on the boardwalk. Yeah. Oh, that's such a weird. That they is draw a weirdly each other. revealing it's, scene. It's never established. So they go back to the apartment and they they're just doing all kinds of different su- kinds of flirting. Activity. It's like twenty you know, minutes. You know of the how movie. Um, Terrence yeah. Malick tells their, his actors to just sort of improvise movement, mm-hmm. and so everyone ends up twirling <laughs> or like doing free trust falls by the side of the road, <laughs> <laughs> which actually happens into the wonder. Um, I feel like they just were just in this loft all day, yeah. and he was like, okay, just like flirt and like do cute things. And of course, they were madly in love at the so, time. So they're like- Oh, they couldn't stop fucking each other. <laughs> oh, It yeah. was so hard for them to film it's, because it's they palpable. just go cut and then they fuck each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> go on, Richard. So, they, so they're doing all kinds of things, you know, whatever. And then one of them is just drawing each other. It's never been established that- that, that David Ames can draw. No. And yet he can. Oh, he Beautifully. Penelope Cruz draws like a boardwalk style. Like a perfect, like, well, like the Santa ink. Monica Pier. Yeah. 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 Of, yeah. Of Tom Cruise as a giant grinning mouth, yeah. like right. surrounded right. By, by like women, women and money and dollar slash. She's, she's yeah. the king of Sting. And then they turn around and look at Tom Cruise's drawing and it's just like a beautiful little uh, pencil. Drawing. A very thoughtful. Very thoughtful, considerate. Sketch. Um, yes. Of Penelope Cruz. So they fall in love. In, in a night, or it's one implied. Perfect night. But they, they don't, don't have sex. They, don't, they just ha- they kiss once, and she instigates it. Interestingly, because uh, he asked for her to pay him with one kiss for that drawing. <laughs> Madame, I'll charge you one kiss. God, this movie is. It's, it's, it's nothing's happening in the movie except everything. It's happening. being narrated Life, by a guy sex, in a rubber mask. Death, Spall. Everything's <laughs> happening. <laughs> oh, Spall's at the party. Yeah, and uh, he's his lawyer. Timothy. He's Spall. his lawyer, and he's like. Oh, the seven dwarfs. So there's the seven dwarfs guys who are at the board of the magazine. And the they, seven they dwarfs. They think he's just some rich kid. They own forty nine percent of the company, and they want those that extra one point one percent. They're after it. He's a little fuck up. Um, and and so Spall is like, oh, they, you know, they want to get rid of you. Oh, and I'm uh, telling you, because I love you, shit buddy. Yeah, you know, Turner. And Cruz turns <laughs> to his assistant, and he goes like, give promote him a promotion, seventy yes. percent. 
corner office. He's my best friend in the world. Right. Um, and uh, why did we talk about Timothy Spall? Well, there's just establishing that there's oh pro- they, they want him out. The yes. promise of the magazine. Yeah. Yeah. The so, trouble in paradise. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, th- this sort of just continues. Mm-hmm. And then he gets in the car with Cameron. Well, Diaz. the next morning he leaves Penelope Cruz's apartment. And Cameron, Cameron Diaz, Diaz had been at the isn't, party. Isn't, yeah, and she she sees she them. Sneaks in and she's angry that he, he didn't invite her, and is like, "Don't worry about it. I'll punish you with sex." And he's like, eh, eh, eh. "And that's the whole meet cute thing with Penelope Cruz." He goes up to her. He's like, "I need you to talk to me. This woman's stalking me. Take away, whatever." Uh, I also think it's important that uh, Cruz says that he didn't sleep with Penelope Cruz because he's a pleasure delayer. Yeah, and Kurt Russell will oh, not drop yeah. that. There's a long conversation where he's like, "Well, what does that mean?" And he's like, yeah. you know, uh, and he explains it because he wants to hear it. But Tom Cruise likes uh, leaving him hanging so that it, it waits until the moment where he can't help but pounce. Very Sting and Trudy Styler. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I forgot about that. I don't like it. It's gross. Yeah, it's yeah. gross. It's gross. So anyway, Cameron Diaz is waiting there in the car. She's followed him to Pelican's In a nice apartment. car. And, and in one, one of the movie's most baffling things, he decides, Tom Cruise decides to get in the car with her. He's I, charmed. D- despite yeah. very obviously the night before being aware that she is like, like out of her mind. Yeah. 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 But he's like, yeah, sure, I'll get in a car with you. You know what? That felt like a real bro moment, though, because she was talking to him about how he's not getting laid, obviously. Right. So I think She's that like, was the motivation there. They're bro out. Jason Lee he's was late. Some, uh, some FDR drive roadhead or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> ben knows all about. Doing it in cars. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it, Richard. <laughs> All right. Uh, so then she crashes the car. It's uneventful. Yeah. Oh, she, she gives a great monologue sort of thing. It's quite a where monologue. You just re- you learn that she's crazy. It's great. It's the most electrifying part of the movie it until is. the very end. It is. Um, and then you know, then, when you have sex, your body yeah. makes a promise. Yeah. Right. That's Richard, right? It means something. Yep. Yep. That means something. And she starts going faster and faster, and he, I, Cruz is good in that scene. Yeah, he's really yeah. good. It's the a, it's a well done scene where he's like laughing. He's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like, yeah. you know, he's like trying to shatter the totally illusion. Gone. Then he's like, "Fine, I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm in love with you." You know, like slow down. You know, it's good. It's he, the, scary. The beats of the escalation are are, mm-hmm. are well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Cruz does a good job. And then the crash is kind of good too because it's a realistic crash. Yeah, it's not like, I mean, they drive off a bridge like and yeah. hit the ground. And it looks bad, yeah. but it's not like you're, you can imagine someone walking away. From and they just right. hold on the shot of the crash car, and then the background you see people that. slowly starting that's to run. I think really that's a good. Really good. great shot. Yeah. This one captures New York pretty well. Yeah, everyone drives uh, hot rods around uh, well, like the that abandoned shit's... Riverside Drive, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 it captures New York perfectly. That shit's insane. Maybe I just... This I... movie does not capture New York very well. It captures a certain type of New York very well. Yeah, I fake. think it captures <laughs> a lonely, autumnal New York. Thank in a, you. In a way that um, there are leaves, many leaves. Yeah, like I, I think that it, it's a leafy I, I, I think, think it's I an impressionistic, yeah, capturing of how New York can feel sometimes. Yeah, a, a movie that's sort of sort of like, you know, Bruce Madeline. You know, where like he's just trying to get back to this one thing. Yeah, the city never sort of seems very offering of anything else. Yes. Sure. Uh, okay, so no, then yeah. hard cut to Cruz wakes up. What's the next thing we? Um. Hard cut to there's a dream where he meets Sophia in Central Park right. and describes like I got in this car crash like you know and yeah. then we cut to the real world where his face has been like ripped up and re- repaired with all these like pins in his head and there was a chance they could have um, saved him like intact but um, 
he was in a coma, so they couldn't wake him to do the surgery. Right. And so he kind of had to suffer the, the consequences of that, right? Yep. Yeah, he's he's got he's got droopy face. Like and... we basically cut to him giving this big lecture to all these doctors in like medical jargon. Yeah. So he you know, where he's like, I figured it all. You know, you have to learn and you have to like be on their level. Well, I think before that is when you see him from behind, you don't see his face and he's Skyping with Timothy Spall. Yeah. And Spall's like, they can take the remaining percent. It, there's a if loophole. If you're mentally deficient or whatever. And I'm talking yeah. to you, and you're doing great. Why don't you just come in, show them all you're doing fine. Right. And and then they, the camera turns around, you see him. Yeah, he's not doing great. Yeah, he doesn't look great. Goes to the doctors, chews them out. Is like, I mean, it, one of the cruisiest scenes in the movie. Oh, and the way he delivers yeah. the line when they show him the mask. Yes. He's like, oh, that's good, because for a second I thought we were talking about a fucking mask. You know, he's like, fucking oh, mask. Yeah, that's really and good. he like it's does, great. they cut out to a wide shot, it's and scary. he does a full, like, cruise jumping up and down. Yeah. Like, he does the, it's it's a hint of the couch jump. Yes. Well, it's more, yep, it's a it's, teaser of the. Yeah. The but it's also very jump. reminiscent of the uh, Flipper monologue in From Jerry Flipper? McGuire. Oh, oh yeah. from yeah, Jerry from Flipper. From Flipper, yeah. where he. He played Elijah Wood in Flipper. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, you know where yeah. he goes. Do you think I'm just gonna freak out? And yeah. he like does that weird spasm. Right. He's good yeah. at a spasm. Yeah. 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 This is another movie that lets him be short. By the way, Cameron Crowe is he's cool with being short. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Jason Lee is taller than him in every. You know, you like noticeable. Yeah. 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 Love it. Okay, I'm glad you love it. Maybe one of the things I like about this movie is about a short guy. <laughs> so then the movie gets really weird. It's kind of hard to. It's kind of hard to go through the plot. So basically, he goes out with Jason Lee and Penelope Cruz to kind of cheer him up because he's been sort of following her around town, becoming the stalker in essence. When he shows up at the dance studio without the mask, yeah, and she's sort of hides her horror. She's friendly. She kills that scene. She's She's pretty good in that scene. That That scene's incredible because she's being really friendly to him, but she can't help but be freaked out and sad. Yeah, you know. So she's like crying. Yeah, and she's trying to be warm to him. Yeah, and I think she actually plays those several scenes very well where she's very believably trying to be friendly trying to like act like everything's mm-hmm. okay but yeah. clearly something has changed yeah. and not just because of his looks but she recognizes some kind of new darkness in him or whatever so yeah she actually is really good in that stretch of the movie yeah, yeah. yes 100% I agree um, and Cruz is really leaning into being a creepo that's and, because and, the movie's yeah. putting less on their romance yes. I kind yeah. of feel like in the same way that um, you know Pirates of the Caribbean I, Depp was never able to shake that. Kate mm-hmm. uh, Blanchett has never has not yet been able to shake um, playing Blanche Dubois on stage, especially because mm-hmm. she had repeated it again in Blue Jasmine. Right. I kind of feel like Cruz didn't shake something from this movie. Well, the combination of Eyes Wide Shut, Magnolia, and this, he, he never he never stopped being a little scary. Here's you know? something. Sure. I... And, the, and the movies where he's scary, like Minority Report, like Collateral, like the Mission Impossible sequels, yeah, yeah. are the ones that we yeah. like like. Yeah. Um, Edge of Tomorrow doesn't fit that. Edge of Tomorrow no. is more of a, a movie he almost could have made in 1990. Right. Where it's like it's Tom Cruise is a jerk. Smug, but, yeah. yeah. And then but, he turns into a good guy. But yeah. the film is better because he made it now. No, I agree. Right. I'm just you know saying. What I'm saying? I, yes. I know. I yes. just doesn't. It, it fits exactly. into the archetype, yeah. but the reason that movie like works on a whole nother level is because yeah. we know that Cruise desperately wants us to like him again. Yeah, no, I I, I he know. has something at stake. Yeah. I agree that this movie's kind of like the ultimate Tom Cruise performance. Like it's the yeah. cruisiest cruise. Yeah. Because the first chunk of it is just cashing in how much we love him, how aspirational he is, how right. effortlessly charming sure. he is. And then the second half is just like the thing we always sort of feared was underneath underneath Tom Cruise. Yeah. You know, the thing we were worried he was repressing. And to his credit, 
he, he does lets, it. He lets it out. And I don't know what turn he took in his career that he decided he wanted to go that route. But after... then I think he never fully gets it back in the bottle. I, yeah. You, I, he I always has to be a haunted man he uncovered to some something. degree. Yeah. The yeah. bell could not in, be In his unknown. best movies now. Yeah. yeah. It has to be someone who desperately wants people yeah. to think that he's normal. So watching the movie now, as dated as Crow's sure. input feels between the music and the dialogue that feels very like a vague kind of, I mean, it kind of probably gave birth to Garden State, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. The well, probably almost famous gave birth to Garden clunky. State more than this sure. did. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. The cats thing. Oh, when we are all cats or both cats, yeah. What See you in another life when that? we're both cats. I yeah. hate that. And he says that's the best thing anyone's yeah, ever said. I hate it because Cameron Crowe then writes a line, his own line complimenting his own awful line. And that happens, basically that's, Penelope Cruz's entire character, I mean, she finds other beats to play, but like, the way she's written, it's just like, I'm gonna, show how, what a good writer I am of charming people. Yeah, right, right. And right. then people are going to call it charming. Yeah. It's a really weird thing. I, I'll, I'll see you in another life when we are both cats. Yeah. That's, that, it, yeah, that's the scene at the club where Jason Lee comes as a wingman to her because he's a little, she's freaked out by him. Yeah. He gets way too drunk. He's yeah. wearing the mask and he puts the mask on the back of his head. And that's, uh, that's the best use of the mask. It's really Very creepy. cool yeah. image when you cut to behind him. And yeah, yeah. that's uh, very cool. W. Earl Brown, one of my favorite character actors, yeah. plays the bartender. Oh. Yeah. Who won't make eye contact with him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, he just kind of loses it, gets real sloppy, um... And crashes yeah. out in the gutter. Falls asleep Literally in the, in the gutter. And then the movie turns. But doesn't he run after and see the two of them hooking up? Or is he that a fantasy? Okay, he I imagines. couldn't figure he that out. He thinks yeah. that Jason Lee and, and yeah, Penelope Cruz right. are, are behind his back. Because, you know, they were dating, I guess. They had been dating for a few hours right. before. Right. Jason, Jason Lee tells him off, is like, dude... It's someone which, you met once. You have to get over her. You're freaking her out. Which is fair, but also like you know the man. The man literally looks like a monster. Yeah. So you know, kind of yeah. a little slack. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Well, I think it's finally Jason Lee's. Yeah. The characters. It's uh, my turn. Right. Yeah. Penelope Cruz will date guys like yeah. me now that you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and turned into the Elephant Man. But then he wakes up the next morning on the streets of Dumbo. Yep. Um, and Penelope Cruz is just walking down the street with her, you know, bags full of cash. And the sky. To pay her rent. It's a beautiful her. Yeah. It's a beautiful vanilla sky. And, like and, and, all a sudden, and I was, a vanilla sky. Exactly. Yep. That's what Tom, Timothy Spall says. Yep. He pops oh, in. Vanilla <laughs> sky. <laughs> no, go ahead. And everything's perfect. Or getting, or gets toward great. perfect. Penelope Very Cruz fast. is in love with him. He gets surgery, and hey, his, and face, his face is looks great fixed. again. Perfect. And everything seems to be going well. Uh, and they are they're, 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 This is a long montage of just romance between them. This is when I think we have the birthmark scene, mm-hmm. yeah, the mole this, scene. This is it's a sleepy time. For yeah, the yeah, and it and it's and it's it's very Cameron Crowe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got the Dylan cover, uh, uh, album cover sequence. Yeah, right. the uh, the, the strip of street walking, but it's not freewheeling Bob Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can we bring up? I I know we've gone past it. But the Timothy Spall tells him that uh, his nickname uh, amongst the seven dwarves. Your nickname is fucking Dildo. Citizen Baggins. Dildo. Citizen Dildo. Dildo. Yeah. Which A is very close to Citizen Dick from Singles. True. And B doesn't make sense as a nickname. No. Like, why would they call him that? I don't know. Dildo. You know, Citizen Dildo think, is weird because it's like Captain Shithead. I, are is they like calling a type him a dildo ins- because he's an inanimate object who, like, women used to get off? But citizen is a weird modifier. I thought it was well, like Citizen t- Kane kind of reference. But then call him like Citizen like crap or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Citizen, oh. citizen Dildo crap. isn't like sort of alliterative or doesn't have the same sort of ring to it. Sure. It's That's got an true. extra like uh, a yeah. syllable, you know? Right. Citizen Dick would work better. Right. Citizen Dildo is weird because usually you say like Professor Shithead. Like you give him sure. like a fake, uh, like hoity toity title and then a shitty word. Oh, I got it. Citizen Queef. Yeah, Citizen Queef works. Go. 
Yeah. Citizen Dildo is a weird But dildo thing. is a noble instrument, so it Agreed. does. <laughs> yeah, as a citizen. So I it's, take that <laughs> as a compliment. Thank Queefs you. are perfectly natural. And citizen of yeah. the people. Yeah. You know, you're not, you don't think you're better than us. You're a citizen of the dildos. So now, I think th- this film has a very relatable moment that I just want to talk about. Yeah. We've all been there. We're having a nice day. When someone swallows your cum and it means something? Oh. We're having a nice day. We go to a restaurant and Noah Taylor won't stop <laughs> talking to us. <laughs> And it's really freaky. <laughs> and he goes, uh, these people, why do you think they're all here? You chose them. They're here for you. You're a god. And he goes, if that's the case, then why won't they all shut up? And then everyone goes super quiet. And then he realizes looking. that things are wrong. Yep. No. And he starts seeing, we all think that Cameron Diaz is out of the movie because her character's dead. But sure. then, no. He starts seeing her. She's replacing Penelope Cruz. Yes. And it, most horrifically when they're having sex. Yes. That's quite a scene, actually. Well, and it's also like... And also he's seeing his face is disfigured again for a second. Yeah. And then it... You know, yeah. yeah. This yeah. is the other picture I'll post to uh, our Twitter account that I took from my TV when they're having sex and she does this to him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when she runs her fingers like through his mouth. She yeah. like smooshes yeah. his face like yeah. it's made of silly putty. Yeah. yeah. Which which means something. It's, that's that's it her body that's making a promise. promise. Yeah. That's a promise. Yeah. yeah. I promise to smush your face. Yeah, so this is all really creepy and weird. Because yeah. then he like attacks her, maybe, and it's, it's also and, it's like, also jumping back arms. and forth, looping between this the, stuff the and, and and him him in jail. Yeah. And so you're you're trying you're basically piecing together what happened. Right. E- effectively though, like yeah, I, I guess feel like so. the movie's doing what but it's kind but it's kind of yeah. hurried. I think it's very yeah. hurried. You know, and we I don't, don't think it makes any sense. Yeah, and so ben, basically we find out eventually that he's in jail for allegedly killing. Penelope Cruz or right. was she Cameron Diaz the whole time but like this is my problem with it is you're like well it wasn't no is Penelope Cruz I mean and also it's probably just some weird nightmare that he's having because Noah Taylor was yelling at him just then yeah right. you know, like, right. we've already know this is all weird right this is right. my big problem with this movie and Abrela Sojos does not have this problem mm-hmm. so much is that I think the ending is supposed to be ambiguous where it's like, what? what is this that he's in? And, it, and it's like not. We're like, we know what it is. It's pretty explicit yeah. that, well, he he, find, he has paid to be in a dream state. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And like, I just... He's got the dreamer's disease. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. I have to leave again. We, oh, we should also say he's not taken off the hat for the entire the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> even the sex scenes. It doesn't even fall off in the car crash. <laughs> This hat is a masterpiece. It's the craziest it's so thing I've good. ever it's seen. In two shots. What costumer presented and, this to Tom Cruise and he was like, "Great." At the end, at, after the end credits, there's a, a bonus scene where they are coming back as cats in the next life, still wearing a hat. <laughs> Cat in a hat. Okay, Cat I'm leaving. Yeah. No, no, no one's left in the studio. <laughs> yeah, we've recorded this over four years because we kept having to leave the country and then wait a while and then come back and then keep pick up the podcast. Um. Yeah. Timothy Spall goes to visit him. <laughs> Timothy Spall? Yeah, Timothy Spall goes to visit him in jail. Yeah, and he's like, everything's. We took apart. care of I it. I took care of it, but you really beat the shit out of Cameron he's like, Diaz. As your friend, I want you to understand the enormity of what you did. I want you to take responsibility. <laughs> right. And he's like, here are the pictures. I'm going to burn them. We paid everyone off. It's fine, but you should fucking feel guilty. And he shows these really gross pictures. Of Cameron Diaz, who has just been beaten to a pulp. Right. And Which goes, we did not see. That's not Sophia. That's not Sophia. That's not Sophia. Right. And Spall's like, you just you know, need to talking about Mike take responsibility. Right. And then Jason Lee like gets in a fight with him. Yes. And is like, this is the last time I'm ever going to talk to you. And Jason Lee bails him out. Yeah. Says, like, don't fucking hit a woman. Yeah. 
And he keeps being told that he's calling out the name Ellie. Ellie? Mm-hmm. What's Ellie? Oh, it stands for L-E. Oh, by the way, also right. throughout the movie, there have been commercials randomly, everyone's watching all the time, where some scientist is like, this dog was frozen in ice. You see the dog on Conan. Right. And then yeah. I thaw the dog yeah. out from right. the ice. All these hints. I should also mention that, all an, these hints. that an Ellie confusion had happened three years prior in a far superior film called Deep Impact. That's correct. That's correct. Just, just going to say that. That was E-L-E. This is but just they, L-E. But she, it was called Ellie. Look, I mean, I think, Ellie. personally, I think Morgan Freeman was having an affair with a woman called you Ellie You know what's weird? Well. I was watching Vanilla Sky. <laughs> and he just Sky. arranged yeah. for the meteor <laughs> <laughs> to cover it up. I was, Spin. <laughs> I was watching this movie, Vanilla Sky, th- today, this I, morning. I'm sorry, I believe you mean Vanilla Sky? Excuse Vanilla me, Vanilla Sky. Vanilla Sky. Uh, Captain Crow's Mandolin. And I... <laughs> Captain Vanilla's yeah. Manda Sky. Yeah. Uh, Sky uh, Captain in the Mandolin tomorrow. <laughs> Vanilla Sky Captain. Timothy Spall meets the island woman. Um, uh, and I thought ahead, that Morgan yeah. Freeman was in this movie for some reason. <laughs> I had this weird... Were you confusing with Bruce Almighty? No, uh, there was some movie where he like takes over for some bit, you know annoying scion of an empire. And Batman I... Begins. Dreamcatcher? Oh, it's Batman Begins, yeah. <laughs> is it actually? There's I a lot of boardroom yeah. shit in that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Katie Holmes, there's a connection. Yeah, very true. Um, Didn't you get the memo? That's his big moment in that movie. Right. Yeah. Right. See, Rucker Howard. He fires Rucker Howard. You know who would have done a good job with this movie? Christopher Nolan. Oh, I was going to say Rucker Howard. Yeah. <laughs> in the lead role? <laughs> yeah. Directing. Yeah. Rucker Howard yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Today. <laughs> no, I think Christopher Nolan did sort of a better version of this yeah. movie. Yes. Um, because this is also like a dreamlike. You mean quote. The Dark Knight Rises, right? Yeah, yeah. That's right. It's a better version of I, this yeah, movie. Yeah, and then because the, the movie then gets into si- hard sci fi. Because Timothy Spall is a right? great bane. Yeah, it gets, yeah. Into, it gets and, into hard sci fi. But true. it's been so not that no. leading up to it. It's been a Cameron Crowe movie. It's very confusing that, oh, you're like, oh, and now the movie's just going to end and they're going to explain this thing and then that's what, what this has all been. And we don't really ever really feel a point. Yes. Right? I just realized Dark Knight Rises is also about a disfigured uh, billionaire heir. Sure. Uh, yeah. Who falls in love with a woman who tries to kill him. Yes. Not the best plot in that movie, but sure. No, there's a couple parallels. And then at the end he kills himself. Yeah. Or does he? Yeah, but that movie has a raspberry sky is the difference. Dark Knight Rises has a raspberry sky. He's he's really, he's he's uh, got a screw loose. Sky. I got dumped. <laughs> this is brutal. I was very this, emotionally this an episode of WTF? invested in a person and Lock they the gates. dumped me. I will admit I enjoyed watching Mark Maron. We haven't actually recorded our almost famous episode yet, but I enjoyed seeing Mark Maron. Lock the gates. Yeah, oh, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, dun, dun, I'm not going to say dun, that's a person. Dun, dun, um, okay, so. Oh boy, fuck you. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what I was going to say. Right? Yeah, I'm not going to say it. All right, so, but I think you're right that uh, the movie just turns left, hard left. I mean, all of a sudden into he's in a life extension. In a, yeah, in, a, in an office with Tilda Swinton explaining. Tilda Swinton out of nowhere. Like this technology about cryo freezing and, and then you can do a lucid Because Kurt Russell tries dream. to break him out of jail because he's right. like, I've been trying to find an angle where you're not guilty. Right. I want to believe you. Sure. Right, because he's just a good, solid And Tilda Swinton's guy. He's a like, yeah. Til- Wait, yeah. is it Tilda Swinton or Noah Taylor who explains the To Kill a Mockingbird thing? That's Noah Taylor. Okay, so yes. Tilda Swinton's basically just like we work at Life Extension and we just freeze your body when you have a disease and it's or funny, you die. She's yeah. like, this might this 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 promo video helps, and then she presses like play on like a desk yes. screen, and then it's her voice. And for a second, it's like she pressed play in the video, but then is speaking it right. in the room. Yeah, but it's not; it's a recording. Yeah, we yeah. find out. We should say there are weird tech things. Like there's, there's a lot that of weird scene tech where stuff. Jason Lee has a really tiny camera. 
Yeah. yeah. It's like supposed I think supposed yeah. to be now I mean everyone's born and with my, that camera in their brains but like my at question the time is, it was it revolutionary. Is that and there oh there's a scene also I was going to mention mm-hmm. where Penelope Cruz runs her hands through a hologram of Louis Armstrong. Yes. That is really weird. I forgot about the Louis Armstrong yeah. hologram. Johnny yeah. Kalecki buys it for him. He or he sells it to him. Yeah. yeah he goes like it's really good Louis Armstrong people love it. And there's that scene where Cameron Diaz invents Snapchat. That is true. That's true. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. Uh, there's also she's the webmaster of the Stargate website. It's <laughs> That's the job. You were yeah. asking what her job was. There's also that scene where yeah. Timothy's <laughs> She's still running it. There's yeah. that scene where Timothy's Well, Spall... her body made a promise to the Stargate website. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I was going to say there's a scene where Timothy Small Spall invents Snapple. I don't care. Fuck me. Wait, <laughs> Snapple? It's Snapchat. It would have worked if I had said it right after oh, Snapchat. right after. That was my goal, and it didn't Remember the Snapple fit. craze, guys? Yeah. Remember Fruitopia? I was probably oh, drinking Fruitopia, Fruitopia at the time. Yeah, it was, I, a, it was the year of Fruitopia. <laughs> I saw um, uh, Snapple Lady at a play recently, an off-Broadway play. Uh, was it at the Snapple Theater? No, that's on Broadway. <laughs> yeah. No, this was off-Broadway, baby. <laughs> Come on, that was a pretty good New yeah. York yeah. joke yeah. in Snapple Theater. Yeah. She went, fun fact, I thought that play was pretty good. <laughs> Was anyone else won over by the Sprint guy, the Verizon guy going to Sprint? You mean won over as if they, as in they switched carriers? Yeah. Or? No, you did? No, I'm already a Sprint customer. I was just impressed with that ad. I was like, this is good. Okay, so here's what I... <laughs> I don't know that I've seen it. You know, but you must have heard about it. I did it. hear about it. So this is a, a <laughs> yeah. hard sidebar, but oh, like... Oh, this is a hard sidebar? Yeah. Okay. Like six or seven years ago, I, a casting director reached out to me and was like, hey... Um, I want you to audition for this thing. Um, if you could come in, and I was like, "This is weird that you're like calling in advance, you know, emailing in advance personally to tell me about it." And he was like, "Well, the thing is, and I have to pre-warn people about this: the writer and director of this film, who's going to be in the audition, is the Can You Hear Me Now guy." Oh, okay. And he's wow. like, "The campaign has ended. He's he was, rich, right? He was like a theater actor, right? And now he feels like his career is ruined. He can't act ever again." So he wants to try to write and direct because he has a lot of money, but he can't. He, his face is too recognizable now. And he said, I just I, I have to call everyone in advance because he's very touchy about it. So like, <laughs> No jokes. Not to invoke it. I think I even had to Skype with him and it was like, don't do any sort of can you hear me now? Don't even say it by accident. <laughs> that was the actual warning. It was like I was out of town and it was like, you're going to have to Skype with him, but don't make a like, can you hear me now joke. And he ended up making the movie, I believe, and it didn't really land anywhere. But I like that stuck with me, like of like, oh, he's really kind of burdened by this sure, thing that he doesn't know what to do with now. his career. And then seeing him appear in the rival, sure, like sorry. company commercial, that's it. He's given up. Depressed me right. so hard because yeah. I was like, he's yeah. just fucking but, fine. But, but he's making Abula, so much money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the end of the film is beautiful, and I think what sold me on the movie originally is good. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I'd ever heard Sugar Rose, I believe. Yes, it ends with Sugar, but. It ends first. We must say, uh, Tom Cruise just starts screaming tech support at the top of his lungs. It's a good vibrations. He takes off his mask very slowly. His face is really fucked up. Yeah, and he screams good vibrations. Which before I had seen this movie, I was flipping through the channels. Went, oh, Vanilla Sky. That's that movie with Tom Cruise and Penelope Cruz, right? And then landed on him slowly handshaking, peeling the mask off as good vibrations flared, and he ran around an office screaming tech support with one dead arm. And I went, wait, this is that movie? <laughs> sure is. I'm picking. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, Noah Taylor Noah shows Taylor up again. Noah Taylor greets him. And then they take a long elevator it's ride It's a together long elevator ride. While Noah Taylor explains the movie. The Great Glass yes. Elevator. Noah Taylor and the Great yeah. Glass Elevator. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That was yeah, the original work. He's playing a vermicious knid. Vermicious <laughs> That's a real deep. Uh, Roald Dahl. Great Glass Elevator. Rolling in the Dahl. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, explain some movie to him. Yep. That Tom Cruise after that the night at the he, nightclub. He almost died or did die. Well, so at the at nightclub. The nightclub yeah. It's a nightclub. He collapsed, woke mm-hmm. up the next day, went to this cryo-freezing place, was like, I want, give me the, the deluxe lucid dream package. Yeah, I don't want to sure. live anymore. Right. And then he, he bought this package, and then he killed himself. Yeah. Um, Over some pills, they were able to like, and, just save him in time, it seems like, or they thought they could reverse the death. Yeah, I, it's confusing. But he, they OD'd, he OD'd and whatever. He had like and, 2% mental energy left, and they hooked him up and plugged him in and dipped him in the ice. Yeah, and, and there's there, like there he is. in Independence Day like resurgence Disney. where they almost get our mantle, but they just miss it. Right, right at the end, <laughs> yeah. and then then the movie's like we're fine, yeah. even though a, a hole has been driven to the mantle of Earth. Travis, yeah. Tope. but there's like there's like two percent of Earth's crust left. Yeah, Travis. Tope. We're, I'm I'm excited for the uh, the special Travis Tope episode. Of, oh, you're of this you're podcast. coming back for that one. Yeah. That's our next main series, is Travis yeah, Tope. Yeah. Well, he's in a lot. Um, yeah, it's Hollywood's next big star. So Noah yeah. Taylor, who had, so he was in, he was in almost famous. Tom Cruise is frozen and has been shockingly for a hundred and fifty years. It's explained. It's actually so twenty-one. Which I wonder, 50. in some ways, if that's what all that technology is about. I is believe if the people yeah. who crafted the dream for him put all this technology in because they forget it's an yeah, anachronism. Do you think like, do yeah. they have hologram Louis holograms yet? Yeah. They had those right. in two thousand one. Right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't 100%. remember. Well, I guess that's before, though. Did they have Diaz bots? Oh, but, you know, that's the thing. Oh, we don't really know when, when anything was. So, yeah. so, um, and then everything we've seen, whether it's them walking down the street, sure. which is just crafted from Tom Cruise or, or David Ames loving a Bob Dylan album, yep. uh, Jules and Jim. like It's all of Penelope Cruz's behavior. Yeah. Yep. And her coats. Um, the vanilla sky comes from the Monet. Yeah, yep. the scene and, where uh, Nicolas Cage is yelling in Italian is Captain Crow's mandolin. <laughs> His favorite movie. Yep. And uh, you've got Kurt Russell as uh, Atticus Finch. That's and, right. Yeah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah, um, and yeah. And Noah Taylor, he was just a big Shine fan, so he was like, I want my tech support to be Noah Taylor. Can I, I want ta- him to be young Shine. Can I talk about a sequence I liked? <laughs> when they show Tom Cruise trying to commit suicide, overdosing on the pills. Yeah. And his life but I want customer service to be Armin Muller's star. No, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. His life flashes before his eyes, and it's a mix of like moments from his life and pop culture he loved. Yeah. I think that's a very Crow moment. Yeah, that's what Cameron Crow thinks his death is going to be that's like. That's 100% what my death is going to be like. <laughs> it's going to be equal it. measure the person who dumped me two days ago yeah. and Toy Story. <laughs> and they do it when he jumps off the it. building, too. And like I, I, yeah. find, I found that, 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 that montage of images, um, both personal and pop culture, sure. Role um, to be moving at Very the time, moving. and I today I was sitting on the couch, kind of like this movie is you know sort of sillier than I remember, and then that, and then that, that sort of grabbed you. last bit elevator on up when they get to the roof, and it's he good. has to make this big decision. It choked me up. He, it's a very red pill decision, by the way. Oh yeah, he's yeah, a, yeah he's a total red pill yeah. movement kind of guy. But I I sat forward on the couch, turned the volume up because my cigarro song that I like was mm-hmm. playing, and I think those last 15, 20 minutes are really effective. I do too, and I like uh, you know. Crow obviously cares about pop culture a lot. That's how he got into everything. Was yeah. being a fan first of these things, and being someone who's very emotionally affected by art and wants to make art that's very emotionally affecting. And I do like that the movie is about a guy who just like his life collapses, and he just goes like, put, "Just put me in that movie I like." Sure, yeah, make it feel right. like that's that a good song. read. That's a good yeah. read. You know, that's I think true. I want that's this true. movie to be more sci-fi. I think it would probably have me. more. I think if they had because the sci-fi elements were grab me the most. I, I think that I think this movie's problem is it doesn't introduce it earlier enough. Yeah, it, I agree. Even if it doesn't have to be explicit, mm-hmm. but I think that the hints about the existence of this it needs to be woven into the the texture of the movie sooner because they're a little clunky. It it, it just feels like kind of like a Deus Ex Machina it's at the, the very end of the movie info because dump. nothing yeah. in the there's nothing in the movie after it. 
Yeah. It's just like they go to the office, then he's in the elevator, it's being explained to him, then he's on the roof, then he jumps, and the movie just ends. You're Which dead, is, I'm frozen, I'm in love yeah. with you. Again, right. it's how Abre Los Ojos works, to, to a T, down to him jumping and... Open your eyes, yeah. like being the yeah. last lines. But uh, Crow's putting a lot more on the plate, right? That the, sort of distracts the, the from movie's it. longer. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's and more stuff. He's exploring more ideas more cruise, on top. Cruisey stuff. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing I really like about this movie. This is my read. In addition to the fact that it's a movie about a guy who, uh, you know, wants to live in a movie, I think what's fascinating about this film is that like the first 30, 40 minutes are like full tilt Crow. Yes. It's like here's a guy. Who just like has this charmed life, you know? It's the car, it's the song playing, it's the girl, it's the charming Bon Mose, it's all of that. Sure. And then his life crumbles, and the rest of the movie is a guy trying to make his life like a Cameron Crowe movie again. Yeah, that's true. That's a good read. I, I don't I like mind that. that read. I think I just wish it was more good at that. Do you think I, it's that aware of itself? Yeah, exactly. I do. Yeah. I do. I do. I think it's a very, very dark movie about a guy who's living this very charmed life and doesn't have any awareness of sort of what his impact on the world is, you know? Right. As shown by the fact that he's so sort of carelessly toying with Cameron Diaz, who clearly has emotions for him, so carelessly fucking with Jason Lee, you know, and always sort of one-upping him and everything. The people closest to him are the people he pays sort of the, le- the least care to. And th- he has to pay a price for that. It fucks him over. Mm-hmm. And he resents the fact that he can no longer live this charmed storybook Sure, Cameron Crowe so kind of like again, and but so he needs it, to do it again and again. It keeps story, on going wrong. The storybook yeah. part doesn't last long enough and isn't interesting enough. That's part of the problem. And then the nightmare part is kind of interesting, but it's very brief. See, I like, think it's like 10 I think minutes. the place yeah. where it works, and we can say that like it's a little forced because they're trying so hard to push the sexual chemistry between Cruz and Cruz on us. But I do like the movie invests like twenty solid minutes into this one night they have together. That it isn't like, here's a three-minute scene that tells you they had a night together. I like that you, like, are in the night. Yeah. It's Jerking a little off a forced. big dick. Okay, well. <laughs> there is something prophetic, though. <laughs> Griffin didn't like that. Well. <laughs> about um, what you're saying about trying to get back to a Cameron Crowe movie because you would spend the next, well, you guys will talk about it on this podcast. Yes. You'll spend the next 15 years trying 15 to do years. just that. And also Cruz would spend the next 15 years trying to get back to the Cruz in the first 30 minutes of this movie. So this yeah, movie in, in that, in that light is Cameron Crowe well. didn't. Right. He did as well. Yeah, I yeah. agree. 100%. But it also is he became the movies got better when he stopped trying to be yeah. 20, yeah. 33 year old Tom Cruise who everyone yeah. loves this and is, started playing the tension a little more of his persona. It's kind of heartbreaking to think about the movie in that context. You know? It's yeah. like these two guys who didn't know that they were making a movie about their future. Yeah. Ooh, maybe maybe they're going to you know, wake up. I think it's a fascinating movie. Let's play the box office game. Okay. Because it's a game about December 14th, 2001. Okay, so Harry Potter. Sky was the number one movie. Made 25. Wow. So it even multiplied pretty well. 750 of that was for me. 100 on the nugget, and then I think it did an additional 150 a, overseas? No, 100, 100. 100, 100? Versus $203 million Ooh, worldwide. A clean 203. A gentleman's Budget 203. Budget was $68 million. Okay. Good return so on It investment. did fine. It did fine. It yeah. was seen as, I think... Most of that was in the coats. Uh, exactly. Penelope's Penelope's coats, right? It was yeah. in, in... The 68 <laughs> was on the coats. Uh, the movie mostly grossed in the uh, Among Island Women... The worldwide gross. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm going to protest. Um, 
So number one in December 14th, Vanilla Sky. Number two had been number one the week before. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. No, uh, it hasn't come out so, yet. Oh, oh no, it had. It had. Yes, Sorry, thank take you. It back, is it in the 10? It's, yeah, it's in the 10. But it's not in the five? It's in the five, but it's not in the two. Monsters, Inc.? Nope. Is that it's still in, in the 10? six. Okay. And which Harry Potter was it? It was the, the original one, Sorcerer's Stone. Stone. Right. That's or Philosopher's Stone, Stone. Yeah. depending on which country you were living in at the time. I was David. living in Britain. So he saw the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, okay. Number two was number one the previous weekend. Was that the first and only weekend it was number one? Yes. Is it a live action or animated film? Live action. It's live action. 2001. It's a rip snorting uh, adventure uh, ensemble piece. It's not Lord of the Rings. No. That comes out the following weekend. Yes. It's got a lot of sandwich eating and uh, Andy Garcia. Oh, oh, Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven. You're never going to guess number three. I can't believe this movie came out in December. Not I, Domestic Disturbance, right? Uh, no. Is that in the town? That's in. That's 13. Okay. The interesting guess. Uh, Give me one hint. Um, It's got Chris Evans in it. Not another team movie? Yes. That came out in December? Well, it was an Oscar play. <laughs> <laughs> Opening weekend, it made $12 million. I remember my- That movie would have done so much better if it oh, just opened yeah. in January. Yeah. Anna Faris won a Cesar Award for that. <laughs> she She's did. not she in did. that one. Is she not? That scary movie. Oh, sorry. The female lead not another uh, teen movie is fuck. Kyler Lee. Uh, it is Kyler Lee, of course. Fuck. Well, uh, now, would have been a great joke, now star, Richard. Now the star of Supergirl. Hey, look, uh, the yeah. French gave Anna Faris a Cesar Award for it. I, if she's not <laughs> yeah. in it, I don't. She accepted not, it. Look, <laughs> she showed up. Take that up with yeah. the French. Your joke wasn't wrong. Their award was. That's right. Uh, yeah. You've got Harry Potter in there. Number okay. five, you've got Behind Enemy Lines, the oh, yeah. Owen Wilson war yeah, film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Remember when Owen Wilson was in a war film about Bosnia? Remember when they remade that as Stealth and <laughs> Jessica Biel played the Behind Enemy Lines part? <laughs> Have you seen Stealth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that? That movie's the craziest movie. Isn't there a football involved, or is that behind enemy lines? That's behind enemy. That's lines. behind okay. enemy lines. Stealth okay. is the one where one of the planes just turns it's, oh, into it's, a oh, robot. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and like, and Jessica Biel, them. like, yeah, yeah. Is and in... Josh Lucas, sure. And, and then Fox. Jamie Foxx is the yeah. third lead, and he dies first. And you're like, what happened? And it was yeah. right after he won the Oscar. Yeah, and they sold like, it as what? a Jamie Foxx movie. Yeah, uh, that killed Rob yeah. Cohen's career. Yeah. Um... Monsters Inc. is in their spy game with Pitt and Redford. Oh, a movie yeah. that I go come back to all the time. It's I a love, Tony Scott film, love, right? Love that movie. It's it a good movie. Good and movie. I think that Catherine McCormick should have been a bigger star than she is. Yeah. Mm. What happened to her? I don't know. Uh, you want to hear a really- Spy Game was not oh, a- Charlotte Rampling has a great little part in that movie, yep. too. Oh, spy Game was a big disappointment. It yeah. made $60 million. But that, that was Redford, Pitt. People thought it was going to be big. Mm. Um, it's too smart, I think. Too mm. dark. Uh, you want an interesting fact about Behind Enemy Lines? Uh, they hired uh, Gene Hackman for that first. Sure. And he had just done Royal Tannenbaums. Yeah. And they didn't have a lead. And he was like, oh, you should uh, hire this guy right. for yeah, the Royal Tannenbaums. Royal Tannenbaums guy. Owen Wilson got hired. The one movie where he was like a straight action star. He's, he's pretty good in it. Yeah, he's it's pretty good It's not a bad it. movie. No. I saw it in theaters. It ends to Ryan Adams's The Rescue Blues. Doesn't really. <laughs> yeah, it's such a funny little thing. All right. He's behind like, enemy lines. They've made like five direct yeah, sequels. Yeah, it's like Jarhead. There's all yeah. these fake sequels uh, to it um, okay. that just used it for some reason. Yeah. And Gene Hackman's in all of them. Yeah, of course, of course. With uh, uh, with uh, Eugene Levy. Had, as, had, as Jim's dad from America. And Anna Ferris. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she won a Cesar for that. Yeah. Uh, has Tenenbaums come out yet? Tenenbaums comes out that very week on five theaters and it grosses $276,000, oh. which is pretty good. $55,000 screen average. Pretty yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, Black Knight. With Martin Ooh, Lawrence is in there. You've yeah. got Shallow Howl. Ooh. 
And you've got Amelie in the top 10. Good job, Amelie. Wow. Anyway, it's a fun time. That's an interesting time. Now, just to give you a little, here's Penelope Cruz's career post Vanilla Sky. Okay. Waking Up in Reno. I don't even know what that nope, is. Nope, never heard of it. Master Anonymous, the Dylan movie. Right? Oh, yeah, wow. Um, uh, The movie that Dylan wrote. Gothica. Yeah, with right. Halle Berry? She's got a, uh, yeah, and Robert Downey Jr. She's, she's in that? She's, she's like the like, MacGuffin. Yeah. She's the crazy lady at the beginning of she's the movie. Like, I'm crazy. I think the plot is that <laughs> Halle Berry is a doctor, and Penelope Cruz is a patient, and then she wakes up, and she's in Penelope Cruz's place. Penelope yes, Cruz that's is what like it's only about. in the first act of that movie. Oh, I see. Okay. It's it's like the Sophia Julia switch in Vanilla Sky that happens between Halle Berry and Penelope Cruz, where everyone's like, no, you're that crazy lady who's always been here. Oh, I see. And okay. she's like, I'm not Penelope Cruz. Right, right. A lot of people S- saying they're not. Okay, yeah. Sahara. I'm just, it's quite a run of crap. So, um, yeah, this is a real. Sahara's with McConaughey. Clive Cussler, right? Yes. Wrote, he yes. sued them, right? Yeah, he's the one they who ruined right. his property. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he had that all That is the, a terrible movie. Yeah. That's the one that's directed by Breck Eisner. Breck Eisner, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, sure. Michael Eisner's son. Oh, is that right? Yes. The, the linchpin of his lawsuit was that he he considered the character to be semi-autobiographical and he thought it was insulting for them to cast McConaughey. Oh, wow. That's pretty rude. Yep. And then McConaughey was in a real, he real, was in a real desert slide. at that yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. That was after uh, Failure to Launch or before? I think that was before. Before. Yeah. I think that was before. And then you have Failure to Launch and Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. Mm-hmm. Where uh, Jennifer Garner tries to strangle him with a sweater. Yeah. I mean, with a scarf on the on the post. She won a Cesar for that. <laughs> you know that movie was originally supposed to star. That scarf won a Cesar for best scarf. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you know that movie was originally supposed to star? Uh, Griffin Newman. Ben Affleck. Imagine uh, if that poster now existed with Jennifer Garner strangling, strangling Ben Affleck with a scarf. So, so you've got and Lacey Chabert. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like oh one, and really, you know, ninety nine or so yeah. to two thousand six. Volver. It's just, right. I mean, she just makes crap. Oh, garbage. And like, it is weird that she managed to scramble a good career out of that. But did run. she? Because I, because well, I, well, no, not really. That's she got the three she nominations a, and one win. Two, three, yes, yeah. yeah she got nominated, she got nominated for, nine for nine as well. Which is crazy. She got nominated. Really? Did she? Yeah, she, she got did. nominated for Volver. She won for Vicky Cristina. Vicky and she Christina got nominated for in, nine. That's so crazy. it's after Volver again. She makes Elegy and The Good Night. So, you know, nothing. Yeah. And right. then Vicky Cristina in 08, Great. She makes Broken Embraces in two thousand nine and nine. So okay, you okay. know, she gets an Oscar nom and she works with them out of our. And then yeah. like Sex in the City two. Okay. She's in that for a second. Okay. Very, very briefly. Pirates of the Caribbean uh, four. Or whatever, remember? Right. Which is like weird. Why? Bought a nice be? boat with that, but yeah. She's yeah, into right. Rome with love, which I've never seen. I like it a lot. She's also very good in that. The Have you seen that one? The yeah, I, I don't remember a single thing about it. I know I've seen it. I she, like that movie. I yeah. guess she's briefly, and I'm so excited, which is like the element of our movie. No one. She's dare got speak a cameo of. only in the very beginning. It's her and Banderas, the two movie stars sure, you want to see right, in the movie, right, right. are gone after two minutes. Then she's in The Counselor, right? A movie that is. Supremely uh, underrated. I think I that's a real point. I, ha- I right hated there. it the first time, sure. and then I loved it the second time. I think she's pretty good in that too, and not Can't, a very I'm well a huge written Ridley role. Scott fan. I, Cameron I Diaz. Like yes, Cameron Diaz is great in, that in movie. an entirely redubbed ADR performance. Yeah, it's there's yeah, it's then, an awkward. And then this year, but, I think you're the one who tweeted it, right? Zoolander two and the Brothers Grimm's. I mean that. Woof. And if you count, yeah, that's a terrible, terrible woof. one-two punch. But, but you could also count Mama. Yes. Which t- came out last year in Spain, but this year here. But everything I've heard about it is it's like this very, very shameless sort of Oscar-y bait kind of cancer mm. weepy. Okay. Um, which is not great for her, but like I think it had a pretty high profile in Spain, so sure. Just the fact that she did two like spy comedies where she played like the sexy cat suit lady, thankless role, 
to waning comedic leading man. Yeah. Her that role, came out within a month of each other. Yeah. Her role in Zoolander yeah. 2 is actively depressing. It's, I they mean, they ride her like a boat. <laughs> yeah. The, I, that movie is really a something. She plays like the exact same role in Grimsby, doesn't she? I She's a much seen smaller Grimsby. part in that. Oh, really? Okay. But so, it is yeah. the same I walked, function, I, right? I, I, I never walk out of movies because it's my job to see movies. Yeah. I walked out of that movie. Yeah, I, I, can, I can't do it. I mean, I had to go to another screening, but I also was like, fuck this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I'll ever see that It's one. fucking horrible. It's, yeah. it, and it's, and it's, it's like actively homophobic. Yes. He's got a problem. Yeah, he hates gay people. Yeah. yeah. I think he, here's my working theory. Uh, he hates everyone who isn't him. Right. He thinks yeah. that he's phenomenal and everyone else is shitty. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's got some problems. When people were like praising him and they were like, oh, look, Borat, he's sticking it to the bigots. Yeah. It's like he's also sticking it to everyone else. Yeah. Like there's that scene where they go to the dinner party and he calls a woman unattractive and says he would never fuck her because yeah. she deigned to sit at a table with him. Yeah. She deserved nothing. She said nothing racist what and the, he fucking steamrolls her. But nobody likes Borat, right? At Not the time. Anymore. No, of course. Loved- but you know, like it is weird how it's like, you never hear anyone except for people who go, my wife, but that is and well, I think that's long com- since left Borat. No, I, th- I think that's coming back, too. My I, think, wife. I think my wife's coming back. I think it's coming back. Yeah. See, my favorite of his movies is Bruno, because Ugh. whether intentionally or not, I think that is the one where he gets comedic value out of exposing other people's prejudices the most. I hate that movie. Yeah. Even if yeah. he's playing a shitty stereotype, the yeah. things I find interesting in that movie are people reacting to him. Ugh. And I think I, everyone I really... he attacks in that movie deserves it. Whereas in Borat, I think they don't. I think it's half and half I didn't in that think, movie. I didn't feel that way about Bruno. I I've thought also, he attacked a lot of people who didn't deserve it. I've seen it, it once. Yeah. I've never seen it because I can't watch that cringy shit. I hate it's it. Awful. So, it's awful. Yeah. I think it's a... Whatever. That was when I gave up on old SBC. He's great in Alice Through the Looking Glass. Good actor. So you said on this very podcast. Good actor. Yeah. But just not... Don't let him be a creative voice. Yeah. No, or else you get the dictator. Ooh. Anyway, poor Penelope Cruz trying to raise her profile here in 2016 into awful movies. It sucks. Yeah. And Tom Cruise is doing better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's been up and down all these years. We talked about it, basically. Cameron Crowe is, well, I don't know what you guys have said about roadies on this podcast, but. I have not seen roadies yet. I haven't yet. I'm saving it. We're going to do a roadies episode. I will bite my tongue then. No, no, no. Please. Actually, I'm actually going to hear. It's a real, it's it's really sad. Ah, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. (laughs) Do you want it to be good? I really, really want it to be I want it to be okay. Sure. Because I feel like there is that contingent of. Crow fans. There's the yeah. contingent of Crow fans who yeah. almost ignore when yeah. things are bad. But I almost fall into that. But then there's almost. the larger contingent of Crow fans who think are just like, like, yeah. can it be this one? Fingers crossed. Like, maybe he'll oh, get it no, back. That's, that's, that's why I am. I'm every time going, the last one was a problem, but I believe he can get it back. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they, if they can fix this, if tech support can fix this fucking nightmare. <laughs> Crow should be screaming for and tech support. And go back support. to the screening that Tom Cruise and Paula Wagner hosted for him to make this movie, Vanilla Sky, and then he, he doesn't make it in, in, in the new dream. How many episodes of Roadies have you seen now? Uh, three. Okay. Yeah. And There's it has, no way it's good. It, I almost said it has its moments. It literally has almost zero moments. Okay. I can't How talk do you about feel about Aloha? I'm going to cry too much. My week's Aloha, been too bad. Aloha kind of like um, does it for me at parts. Yeah. And, but Roadies is just trying for that. And I like I a lot of people in it. I can't wait to watch Aloha. I can't either. Oh, and it's there's people you like in it. In in Rhodey. Yeah, yeah, I re- yeah, I like Gugino. I, Who doesn't love? I love uh, Machine Gun Kelly. I think he's really cute. So I'll watch him. It's great in um, uh, Beyond the Lights. That's exactly great right. So the fucking um, great. And there, are, I don't know. Some. Oh, um, I'm I'm I don't like her, but I'm rooting for Keisha Castle Hughes. I'm rooting a, for a, her as too. As an actor, she's had a tough yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. she's um, had a strange arc. 
that yeah. one. Well, she got cast on the biggest show on television, and then they were like, "You're going to play an idiot, and uh, your co-stars are going to be idiots, and we're going to kill your storyline." Yeah, unceremoniously. What show that, was that? Game of Game Thrones. Thrones. She's I mean, on Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's, they're coming back. That now, scene in Game yeah. of Thrones, though, in the finale that just aired, where yeah. uh, you know Diana Riggs' character yeah. was like. Oh, tell me about yourselves to the Sand Snakes. And they're like, uh, and she's like, actually, I don't actually, care because you are useless people. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't care about you. And they're just like, uh, yeah. She was the queen of the universe <laughs> yeah. one time. Queen of Naboo. Yeah. Oh, she was the queen of Naboo. That's queen right. Of Naboo. So and anyway. she was Mother Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Um, I mean, not Magdalene. Mother Mary. She was yeah. Mary. Yeah, and she was also a real life unwed teen mother. True. That's true. No. Yeah. Uh, Vanilla and the, Sky. And the youngest, best. Oh no, the second. Vanilla Sky C plus. Um, <laughs> sure. I no. I would say I would say C. Sure. For the bulk of the film. Right. B B for the last fifteen minutes. Pretty fair. Um, and I have to say I want to apologize to Brian Kaziska, Gail Ryan, Mary Joyce Ratizos, and whoever else was with me in two thousand one oh. on the BC shuttle bus coming home from the Cleveland Circle National Amusements Theater. They were right. I was wrong. It's a bad movie. <laughs> David, your ranking? Your Are ranking? They, li- they listen every week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't spoken to pro- really any of them in 15 years. But yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. they're listening. It's good that you know all their names. Jesus. Well, I know three of their names. <laughs> That's pretty good. I don't yeah. think I could name three yeah. of the people I hung out with in like, the first week of college at right. all. I mean, I suppose. <laughs> your rating, David? Yeah, C+. Plus. Okay. Three out of five. You ready for my rating? He's putting on sunglasses. A-. minus. <laughs> <laughs> That was something. A minus. Griffin has taken to prop comedy. <laughs> Griffin is uh, auditioning for Master Anonymous 2 right now in front of us. Wearing sunglasses indoors. I, I'd say a, B plus A minus. I, I waffle. Uh, but yeah, you like this movie. I like this movie. I love your read on this movie, I gotta say. I like the read on the movie too. I would like to read it in written form if you ever wanted to write it. Yeah, you should. Well, you guys want to make some competing offers? <laughs> <laughs> I could pay you. You, you, guys are, you guys are bitter rivals, right? <laughs> oh, Who's yeah, going to get old Griffo oh, on yeah. the byline? <laughs> yeah, it's like Mrs. Parker at the uh, Vicious Circle over yeah, there. Yeah, come on. It makes some bids for old Griffo. Oh, my Seriously, God. Seriously, though, I just need a relationship right now, so if either of you want to. Um, I know a yeah. good island woman you might like. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Do you have Do you, a mandolin? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, it. Damn it, he beat me to it. All right, Griffin. Well, it's about six fifteen, so you should get yeah, on I the got, road. Yeah, I got it. Um, I have to. Quick. I have to go see. Da- uh, oh, Zach Ben. Ephraim. Guys, can ben? I tell you my takeaway? Oh yeah, please. You've been you've been pretty silent this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This movie put me in a weird mood. This didn't have any past technology. I had future technology. Well, no, there was a really cool moment with outdated uh, ringtones. Yeah. But uh, uh, what's your read, Ben? So at least something I got out of seeing this again was. Striving to have a window of time in your life that you'd want to relive, like Tom Cruise did in this movie. Yes. Yep. Uh, so yeah, this is a terrible story, but <laughs> I kind of feel like that's something to 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 think about. Yep, I think about it too, and I'll think about it for months now that that window has closed in my life. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm doing great. You know what? I'm really not looking forward to what because we're recording these episodes in advance. Having to re-listen to me make references to how sad I am right now, five weeks from now, when this episode's released. But you might be feeling better five that's weeks my from hope. now. That's my hope. I'm saying, so then five weeks from now, I'll listen to it, You know, and I'll be like, huh, this you guy. You know, when my dad was my age, the, we were pointing missiles at each other, and we were about to blow each other up. You're saying the world, Russia and America? Yeah. They're saying it could be worse. Could be worse. I agree. I was more like someone yesterday was saying to me, like, oh my God, like the world is fucking ending, which is like, I think, a reasonable feeling to have right now. Yeah. Like, feel, things feel a little apocalyptic. Yeah. But I was also like, you know, when my dad was like literally my age, like he was like a 
you know, a guy at a newspaper writing up a story that's like, Russia could bomb us any day now. Cuban Missile Crisis ongoing. You know, like, you know. Yeah, Griff, you could be a rich guy that gets into a car accident. Yeah, that's my hope. That's what I'm dreaming for. I mean, look, I I know, you know, there isn't a third nuclear war, and that's great, and we should be thankful for what we have, but it's also, you know, we're never going to get season two of vinyl. I'm sorry about that, I don't know what happens to the nasty bit. (laughs) You were going to be the manager. Maybe. It had been a snoop. I don't know. Look. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for listening. Richard, do you want to give uh, Griffin his condolences? Yeah, I mean, you Look know. me in my sunglassed yeah. eyes. I'm wearing my suit glass right now. <laughs> Look me in my sunglassed eyes. <laughs> Richard, I put sunglasses on over my headphones, so they're not covering my ears, so they're just resting <laughs> vaguely on my face indoors. Well, maybe you and I can be together in another life when we're both cats. Oh. Pack my things and gonna take you home. Look at my coat. <laughs> Uh, a beautiful coat. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Richard. Richard, you. you're oh, the best. Thank guest. you guys for having me. Um, what do you want from James Cameron? Um, we just gotta have you every time. I would like from James Cameron. Mm. I would, um, probably aliens. All right. Well, we'll, we'll talk. It's on we'll the talk. record. We'll talk. Or true lies. We'll I don't know. We'll talk. Ooh, true lie. We'll talk. Uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll read reviews at some later episode. We keep on saying we're going to do that. Mark Hamill just tweeted over. the word no. No one knows why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he feels it. It's a bad time right now. Negativity, bro. <laughs> I hear you, Mark. Ditto. Ditto, Mark. Ditto. Ditto. And by the way, of course, this episode has been written and narrated <laughs> by Griffin Newman and David Sims. That's me. Why are we? I love the podcast. I do too. I, I just think know. that's the funniest You're thing. You're very good at, at that very specific. I love that podcast. It's incredible. Join uh, us, won't you? Yeah. Uh, hard tea, baby. Um, uh, tune in next week. We'll be covering the movie <clears throat> Elizabethtown. Very well. Ooh. Yeah. His voice. Who are you doing that with? I don't know. Probably just solo. You want to yeah. come? Back? <laughs> no. No. Feel no. free. Um, Feel free to swing on by. Yeah, I call it Lizzie Town. Yeah. Sh- well, sure. Lizzie yeah, Toes. Sure. Maybe. I mean, maybe you can get uh, Paula Deen's in that movie. Yeah, Paula Deen is in that movie, right? Yeah. Oh, she plays Orlando Bloom, right? <laughs> She actually plays the sneaker that he... Uh, so next week we'll be discussing... We never talked about the snowboard. <laughs> hey, look, we gotta do a second Vanilla Sky episode. We gotta do the Vanilla Sky Reawakens. All right, okay, I know you gotta go, Griffin. Okay, I gotta go. I gotta go try to have a career. Uh, uh, next week we'll be discussing the sequel to Denim Invasion, Elizabethtown. Um, please tune in. Oh, yeah, what did I know? What about the Denim Invasion? We might do... Next week might be the Denim Invasion episode. Oh, you're right. Yeah, the Denim Invasion episode. Well, we recorded a whole episode about Cameron Crowe. The live episode. Gap ad, yes. We did a live episode at the uh, UCB Del Close Marathon. Uh, it's a 45-minute episode about a 30-second mi- Gap commercial. Yeah, Ben, what did you think of that episode? That was okay. <laughs> I mean, right. it's there's not like, really about the Gap commercial. No, there's it's like, a lot about the Gap there's commercial. There's 25 minutes of George Lucas in it. It's all right. Well, spoiler alert. We do have special guests, uh, John oh. Everett Trowbridge and uh, George Lucas, and, and a lot of... Live on Mike Burger reports. Yeah, that's true. Uh, tune in for that, and then we'll take and a trip to Elizabeth Town. Town. Yeah. After that, and uh, yeah, you know. And uh, yeah, as always, and, Griffin. And as always, you swallowed my cum. That means something. Boom! Yay! This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network. 